Welcome to the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of Brian, your host, and his guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested. So please consume at your own risk. Now, here's Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. My guests today are Matt and Celeste Casey. A little over two years ago, a serious thing happened to him. It started with his golf game going downhill quickly. Real problems, right? So after being poked and prodded and scanned and checked out, Matt was found to have neuroendocrine cancer, or NET, neuroendocrine tumors which took them to the gates of hell and back. Join us for a lengthy tale of how a devoted and loving wife advocated for and may have saved the life of her husband by challenging the medical experts. It's a miracle he is still with us, which actually gives him plenty of time to improve that sucky golf game of his. Welcome, both of you. Thank you for being here to tell this crazy journey and story that you guys have been on so first off tell us what is what is the type of this rare type of cancer that you have and let's and then we'll talk about like backstory like when did you what symptoms were you having or how did you guys even know and that journey i know i've I've watched it on social media from afar right for this all these times and it's like mind blowing what what I've seen. So now I get to hear from you. <laughs> I tell you, go ahead. She's the one. You name it. Yeah, who found it first, or how did you know? Or no, no, sorry. Tell us what it is, yeah. and then okay. it's it's called neuroendocrine cancer. Um, there's all kinds of forms of it. It'll attach to a vital organ. Um, it'll attack all kinds of different things. So Matt's happened to be um, initially in his pancreas is where we discovered it. So. Um, do you want to tell the story on how we found it or? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I normally, I just from golfing, right? So I wasn't getting a full backswing and for months, right? It's like, God, I just didn't know if I had like a, a let me stop you for a second. Or... Is this, are you blaming your golf game on this? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, yes. Which is like I said. We'll okay. get to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fuji is actually who saved my life. Okay. So, so yeah, just for a while, I was like, God, I need to. So I was trying different yoga, right? Different stretches. I'm just like, I have tore something or got something in my right side, right? But I was able to get through it, right? Ibuprofen, whatever that. And so, and then it got to a point, And like I said, my buddy Fuji actually beat me at golf. And I was like, Okay, there's got to be something serious, right? Like, this is more than just a strain at this does point. Th- does this buddy suck at golf? Yeah. Oh, please. No. <laughs> no. Well, he doesn't suck. He just never beat me. Fuji, oh, I'm sorry. Like, well, wait. to me, that says he sucks. I right. mean, yeah. if he's well, listening. You said it, not me. So, <laughs> I say it to his face. I'm not going to say it to everybody. Well, okay. No, I say it to everyone else. So. <laughs> now you've just said it. Well, yeah. I said it to everyone else. All right. So, so at that point, I was like, Okay, there's got to be more of an issue. And we have a manual therapist that kind of does the, you know, I call her the sorceress. So she 
like I said, does weird. You know, she'll grab your shoulder. I'm like, oh no, my leg hurts. You know, and she'll like touch behind your neck. I'm like, do you not know where my leg is? You know, and and then it melts away the pain. Melts away. My she is like, it's not chiropractic. It's not this, but it. I think that's called witchcraft. That's what right? it's oh, she's incredible. Right? Yes. So I go to her, set an appointment. And she kind of starts on my feet, right? Like, they kind of try to get everything flowing. And she gets up to my abdomen. And she's like, uh, okay, I can't help you. And I'm like, huh? She's like, don't freak out. But you, I can't help you. She's like, you need to go to your doctor. Don't leave till he does a scan. So and she like, just, like, all of a sudden she's in, like, she's that in tune. Yeah, she was she feeling She can tell because it didn't retract, right? So <laughs> yeah. she would push. And it, you know, normally like tissue will, okay. retry, you know, come back, bounce back, but it was just hard, right? Basically where his liver so, was. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, don't, you know, don't freak out, but hurry and go to your doctor. I'm like, but this is well, all crooked and not supposed yeah. to be this way, but don't, don't freak, freak out. out. Well, like, when you leave here, you're going to call your wife. <laughs> but you're freaking out. So, you know. <laughs> so we did go to an urgent care and they scheduled scans right they're like okay yeah and fun fact whatever you tell the doctor they put in your medical chart so i'm like yeah the sorceress told me and come to find out the first time we meet our oncologist he's like so who's the sorceress <laughs> and i'm like wait they wrote that down they really so, wrote that yeah like, did great. you also write that Fuji sucks at golf? Because <laughs> I mean, because he I did said... me a favor, but he, you know, I'm like that's that's in my medical chart somewhere. How bad Fuji is at golf? So that's a whole other episode. But, that you yeah. know, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so that basically, we did the scans. My liver's three times larger than it should be. Right, it's supposed to stop up at your ribs because your liver's huge and, already. Right, uh, and it was three times the size. So it's supposed to stop at your rib. And mine was like an inch above my hip bone. And so I just couldn't turn around my huge liver. So. And yeah. did it, what did it feel like to you? I mean, just, it was just, just like. Like stiffness in, yeah, in your muscles? Just like, in, I like, why can't I turn, you know? Like, Sometimes so I you tried. Get pinched. I tried working out, or like you get down to read putts, right? And it was just, it was just uncomfortable. I'm like, what in the heck is. Because I've always been pretty active athletic you know mountain biking motocross you know the you know golf just i like to walk do that you know but i'm like what is going on you know i try to exercise each morning and so i'm like what am i doing and yeah so then in about what a week span we had every alphabetic scan you can have between <laughs> ct pet ABC, yeah, you know, we were making all the jokes. Cat scan, the that, and so they how, went through. How soon into that process did they like see that your liver was that Almost first cat scan? Oh, right? First yeah. one, okay. Yeah, they're they're like, holy, oh, you know, your liver is three times bigger, fully encased with tumor. There's hair, hair, you know, on your splenic helum, on your Do pancreas, on this. And, yep all the medical terms you'd never heard of or thought that you needed to know. And so, and yeah, so just scan to scan. And, and then a biopsy. So, yep. Yep, so then they went and did a biopsy. And so it was and, kind of a whirlwind 
mouth. So how how long are we into it at this point? Maybe it was a couple of weeks. So I think we went they in. Were pretty fast. His appointment with Autumn, the sorceress, was. I think it was like her October. name is Autumn. Her name is Autumn, yeah. and she's fantastic. That's, that's so perfect to be a sorceress. <laughs> she is really truly. She's a manual therapist. They do trigger point therapy. So, just so you know, that's kind of where, <laughs> like, something like that. It's okay. pretty amazing. Anyway, but um, yeah, we were a couple weeks into it because he met with Autumn. I think it was like on the fifth of October, or I don't know, like the end of September. I can't remember, but um, every week we probably had two or three different scans, two or three different doctors we'd see, just trying to figure it out, troubleshoot it. After like three or four of the scans is when they called us and said, you're going to be hearing from an oncologist by Monday. They called us on a Sunday and said, you're going to hear from an oncologist tomorrow. And we hadn't at that point. The the C word hadn't come out. So you hear oncology and then they say, we're going to schedule a PET scan. Then you know, you know what they're looking for. So that was, that was from, from like the first meeting with the sorceress to diagnosis. It was about a month. So yeah, about a month. All right. So when you get that, you're going to be meeting from an oncologist or tell me, tell me what's going through your mind. It was horrible. Um, cause we were going from just, you just feel like you're, you know, going through life, doing the things you're supposed to be doing, and then you just get hit by a semi-truck, and everything comes to a screeching halt. Our daughter was going to college down at um, Utah Tech, and she... That's Dixie for Dixie, those, Dixie, pe- Dixie, those old Utah people. They just changed it when she went, so I see how I... Fair enough. That. She went to Dixie. Oh, she went to Dixie for a semester, then it went to Utah Tech, so okay. my bad. She went to Dixie. And then um, she... We went down to visit her for fall break. So it was fall break 2021. We went down to visit her, um, took our other daughter, and um, she came and stayed at the hotel with us. She left her dorm, came and stayed with us. And we were, every time Matt would get a call, he'd immediately put it on speakerphone or like flag me so I could run in and hear whatever they were saying and whatever. And um, we knew they were looking at spots on his liver, masses, I guess you would call it, masses on his liver and things like that. Um, But we were in this hotel room on a Sunday morning and we get this phone call from, it was the, I don't remember who it was that called actually, to be honest, um, just saying, hey, you're going to need to talk to an oncologist. They're going to call you to schedule a PET scan. We have this on speakerphone with our two daughters in the room. Like you could have heard a pin drop, you know? And they had, did they know what was going on at this point? They knew he was going through tests, yeah. right? Well, yeah, because I think it was down on that trip too where we got now with technology right you have the medical apps so you know a lot of times before the doctor can tell you and so that was that same trip so they already knew kind of what was happening they had called us actually before that sunday morning call they had called us and said hey um we got your results back kind of like gave us a little like kind of downloaded a few little bit of information and hung up with us so we pulled up on the app the conversation that they were referring to and at the bottom of their notes it said patient has been recently diagnosed with cancer patient has been notified of diagnosis and none of that was actually true we hadn't been told any of that surprise i think that was the internal note that got that maybe somehow got attached to Uh, our record and it wasn't supposed to be yet so that's kind of then we we got the oncology call so it's just kind of like this whole whirlwind of phone calls and whatever um then Fast forward to Monday, we did get the phone call from an oncologist, or I think we might have actually called them first because I was a ball of anxiety. 
and just wanted to handle it, you know. Um, and the oncologist we started working with was incredible. His name is Dr. Wallentine. He's in Provo. Um, fantastic. He's a hematologist, oncologist. So makes sense. Liver, you know, blood organ. You're going to talk to a hematologist. So we started testing with him. He's the one who ordered the biopsy. He's the one who ordered the PET scan, um, blood work, and all the, they do like a urinalysis, um, all kinds of stuff. And uh, there was one point where he told us as we were going through all these tests, um, your primary tumor is on your pancreas. And I think everybody on the planet knows where that hits, right? You hear pancreatic cancer and you immediately just... It's over. It's awful. You think that... It's awful because you can't ever find that cancer fast enough. And um, he, he kind of at the time said, you know, there's three options on the table pancreatic cancer um liver cancer which is very rare in the united states because of so many things like unless you're like a major alcoholic or if you visit third world countries a lot liver cancer is kind of not common um and then is that when he said lymphoma i think so yeah he said lymphoma he's like so we're gonna he goes as horrible as it is to say this we're gonna pray for lymphoma and then we went in for biopsies and more scans and that's where we were kind of like I mean we spent probably a week quote unquote praying for lymphoma like that's praying for the lesser of three evils right yeah Yeah, because the last thing we wanted to hear was pancreatic cancer and he did not think liver cancer was even a possibility just because of the country we live in so um, I'm sure there's a lot of detail to that I can't really remember why right now but um, yeah so they did the biopsy and I don't want to steal the whole story, so if you want to have anything to add, but um, yeah, if she's making stuff up, yeah, you shut say, her down. Yeah, oh yeah, right, he'll, no, yeah. <laughs> he's forgotten a yeah, lot of I things. Say, I've forgotten more than we spend so. a good time unconscious <laughs> too. Well, he spent a good time <laughs> <Yeah>. unconscious. <laughs> I tell That's him, a good plan. I, no, I tell no, him no. a lot of things that happened, and <laughs> so you could be you could be making stuff oh, up. I oh, totally sure. could, and you can't fight it. But I, but I am not a liar. I don't, I don't like lying. Making yeah. stuff up and lying is different. Okay, yeah. so being yeah. creative. Yeah. Creative, with, creative with the facts. Right. Facts. Creative yeah. liberties. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we did um, the biopsy. And in retrospect, and I don't know if we'll get into more of this a little later, but um, I'm just so grateful for the team we had because many patients with neuroendocrine cancer are misdiagnosed for years they're told they have fatty liver disease or they're told by actual oncologists and doctors, oh, this isn't a real cancer. Is there a fake cancer? Yeah. Right. It's There's like a just a little bit pregnant. You got a little <laughs> bit of cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a good analogy. Uh, um, kind of dead. Yeah. You kind of did. <laughs> kinda sort of. <laughs> Mostly dead. Yeah. yeah. Mostly. You, you sort of have blue eyes. I don't uh, know. Anyway, um, but the biopsy came back, and we went back in and met with Dr. Wallentine. And he he actually sat down with us. And I love that all of Matt's doctors actually haven't, they're not the type that just, like, take their time to give you information. They all just, like, spit it out. There's no lollygagging. It's just, okay, here it is. Here's the facts. And he said, you actually have a very rare cancer called neuroendocrine cancer. Um, with his, specifically, they call it PNET, so pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors. That was actually good news 
right then, you know, because that's best possible because it wasn't pancreatic better than any of the other ones he had thought of, right? Absolutely. I I agree. I think so. Um, Because pancreatic, yes, that's the one that's gut wrenching. Um, And lymphoma is, I mean, you can be treated with lymphoma as well. And I don't understand all of the lymphomas. I didn't, I think I actually didn't even realize how complicated cancer was till it was at our doorstep. You know, it's like, oh, you have cancer. You have a stamp on your forehead. You have cancer. No, there's how many different types of breast cancer? How many different types of, um, like, this neuroendocrine? There's, I'm in several groups now, Facebook groups with other patients. And it is incredible to hear their stories and the things that they all go through. And it's attack. Someone will have, like, lung nets, neuroendocrine tumors. They'll have, like, women can get them in their sex organs. And it's just, it's insane to me what this cancer will do and who it just picks anyone you know um some there is a strain that is hereditary mats we did the testing is not trying to think through the diagnosis stuff anything that we would be missing but um yeah when he said okay you have neuroendocrine cancer and he actually this is another reason why i absolutely love this oncologist is he said i can help you but we're going to create a team this is rare. He was humble enough and not like, oh, I got this, you know. Yeah. And we're in a state, luckily, a lot of people travel. We have two of the best in the country. Yeah. Neuroendocrine specialists, right? The Mark Lewis, who I went to, and Dr. Suarez up at the U, who is doing crazy things with She's trials. Like, yeah. And the, I mean, like I said, they're like known throughout the country, right, of how well. And so we're lucky we have them. Right here. Within 30 minutes either way, right? We got and to choose. <laughs> other people are traveling states to go find one, right? And that's why they're not finding the right oncologists because they don't have the specialists. They don't have. And so they have a lot harder time than than I've had through my journey, right? So we've been we've fortunate. Been super lucky. Well, hopefully your story, if we can get it out there more, it will. Other people that's that, what I'm hoping that aren't for. around here Oh, yeah. We'll know what to look for. Well, we've, we've connected with a couple of people um, just through me sharing. Because kind of for a while, we kind of stayed on the down low. Like, it's just, it feels. I still am, for the record. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> you are still on the down low? Yeah. He's still on the down low. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason people know is because. It's because of me. So yeah. if this was up to you, <laughs> yeah, no nobody would, would know. know. Yeah, they would still just think, man, his golf game went downhill bad. <laughs> and. He does a lot of dramatic things. Spends a lot of time in the ICU. You know, trying to get amazing. Just a little attention whore, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, So you watch the loudmouth? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. That's a good problem. Um, it's interesting though because when we were first diagnosed, and then, um, and I say we because I was just going to ask you because how you said it because yeah, it's. You all get to my share. Team. He's my best friend. Yeah. I'm in this with him. Still it's harder on her than, yeah. Still your best friend? Kind of weird, right? Um, probably yeah, like now 98%. Now for a little bit, you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, this guy has friends? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I have a lot of friends, and my friends like me enough that they, you know, I'm just yes. kidding. Accept um, you into the club. Yes, that, that <laughs> no, he's, he's incredible. He's an incredible dude. Yeah, so when we were first diagnosed, Dr. Wallentine met with us and just said, hey, these are two oncologists. These are both options. Choose one. Call one. Let's get you connected with one of these specialists. And um, he kind of just gave us a little bit of, I mean, we 
you couldn't have gone wrong either way. They were, they're both incredible. Dr. Mark Lewis, however, has the exact same cancer as Matt. He has pancreatic neuroendocrine cancer. Your oncologist yeah. has cancer. Yeah. That's not something you hear. No. no. And he, he found it in his residency or whatever. Yeah, while he was yeah. going through medical school, he discovered it in himself. His story is incredible. Like he's, and he's such a fantastic man. Just when you meet him, you feel like you're his best friend and no one else is in the room. He just has that charisma. Um, such a nice guy. He has a huge give a crap factor. He really does. Yeah. That makes a difference. It does. And I, I think, think in my mind, <laughs> my mind, and on, honestly, Dr. Suarez would have also been a great, and we might may end up in her hands at some point with a cl clinical trial or something. You never know. So she is one of the leaders in the clinical trials for neuroendocrine cancer in the world. So um, it's fantastic that she's here and she's such a nice lady. I've met her since and she's great. Um, but yeah, when we met with Dr. Lewis for the first time, it was really interesting because he kind of shared with us, uh, with us what he knows about it and how we should be feeling about it. And after we walked away from our appointment with him, I felt like we had a lot more control over it just, you know, because it's not, there's not a cure for this cancer, but it is treatable. It's complicated because lots of cancers will be told, oh, you're stage one, you're stage two, you're stage three, you're stage four. Um, stage four usually means that it's metastasized to something else and we're in trouble. So we just jump right to four. Yeah, we just we skipped all the other steps and just went straight to four. Overachievers. Right. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we don't do anything yeah. you halfway. Know. Yeah, exactly. So I always tell my kids, right? Best thing about stage four is there's not a stage five. So <laughs> I. <laughs> One day it, doesn't, just, it doesn't land well with Celeste, but <laughs> me, well, and me and Bridget laugh. You can yeah. create a stage five. We have, we have one child who's just like him, <laughs> and nice. then um, and they're morbid, and they're horrible, and then me and the other child will usually walk out of the room. Just, it's okay. Everybody but, copes different. But laughing is, I important. assume, yeah. It's important, for sure. And I, I feel like for me, like, talking about it actually really helps me not only, like, process it for myself, but... I feel like, I mean, we've had a couple of people, I've had people reach out to me from Australia and England and Arizona and Texas just wanting to know what we did at this stage in Matt's treatment and why Matt was prescribed this and not this, like things. And most of these people that are reaching out to me don't have their own neuroendocrine specialist that they can talk to. So they're going to a regular, onco not regular oncologist, that's a horrible way to say it, but they're going to their oncologist who is trying to dominate the whole situation for them. And I don't feel, I mean, I am not a doctor by any means. I feel like I'm halfway there now a little bit. Are you practicing medicine without a license, young lady? Close, yeah. I may be, I may be just in my own home. Is yeah. that okay? <laughs> it's, it's called witchcraft in your own home. Yeah. Yeah. Sorcery. Yeah. Sorcery. Yes. Um, I just, I feel like they're at a disadvantage because their oncologists aren't trying to, necessarily to learn more about what they're going through they're just throwing regular cancer treatments at them radiation or chemo and it's not doing the things that these patients need when we started so matt got diagnosed on november 2nd 2021 <laughs> i have to tell this little bit of the story because i think it's cute it just shows his personality although we were relieved in a way if you can say that it's still devastating you know, his golf game 
was tanking. <laughs> um, is, is that truly the like the, the biggest devastation in this whole story? Is your golf game? Probably is. Uh, if, we're, if we're being honest, yes, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but things were changing, and we didn't know what the future was going to look like. In fact, I don't think we had actually even met with Dr. Lewis yet. Dr. Wallentine had told us at neuroendocrine, meet with one of these specialists, and that was on November 2nd. The next day, I mean, I couldn't grab grab a hold of my emotions for a, for a while. It was pretty rough. Sounds normal. Right? I, I think so. It's been two years. Since Stop it. <laughs> I'm a little more callous. She's now. almost grabbed a hold. <laughs> okay. Um, She's toughened up a bit. I, I'm struggling. My high school sweetheart, my baby's daddy you know there's there's it's a lot and you don't i would guess your brain goes to scary places like i'm gonna lose i we had both just turned 40 our daughter had just graduated high school that year he changed jobs in july Mm. and then we get diagnosed in november like that's that's all stuff we're like oh my gosh like all these things are coming through we had a lot of regular stresses but stresses right and then you compound it with cancer and then suddenly like nothing else matters how do we make sure that this is okay and anyway he was in the shower i think he might have been getting ready for work or something and i was sitting on our bed and i was sobbing i couldn't stop and he he comes out of the bathroom and he looks at me and he's like well did you at least find out what color it is and i was like what like i'm trying to like snap out of my emotions and he's like my ribbon do we know, like, do I at least get a ribbon? <laughs> was, he's like, all the other cancers got a ribbon. Like, do I get one? And I just started laughing. I'm like, of course. Like, I'm in this, our lives are ending in doomsday and all this stuff. And then you come out Bro's and over here making jokes. Right? He's like, you know, all these other cancers have dominated all the ribbons. Do I even get one? Like, just kind of, oh, it was hilarious. I want to be first. So yeah. then, of course, I pulled up my phone. I've had other issues. We don't get ribbons. There's no awareness. Cancer stole them all. So <laughs> there's no 5Ks for esophageal stenosis, <laughs> which is small throat hole syndrome. He can't, he basically can't have oysters. Like, he can't swallow Or swallow oysters. eyes. <laughs> It's a medical condition, okay? <laughs> and there's no ribbon for it or 5K, okay? He's going to be asking Cancer about our mental health after all of this. Um, That's fair. Anyway, Those are fair complaints. Right? right, right. Yes, for sure. He wants ribbons for whatever he's got. Anyway, so I immediately grab my phone and I Google, you know, neuroendocrine cancer ribbon. And it just so happens to be zebra print, which made me laugh even harder because I thought, of course... You can't just have one color, you get two. And not only just two colors, you get a freaking animal print. And a very loud one at that. Do you have a flag? Is there a flag? I love it. You have your... We've got pins, we've got blankets, we've got... You hang a flag out in front of your house. I'm going to get a right. giant zebra flag. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I do have yard signs, but I haven't put them out in this house yet. But it just made me laugh. And then at that moment, I'm like, oh, I'm like, not only do you get a ribbon and a zebra print, November also happens to be net cancer awareness month so here we are you get a whole month matt there you go you're welcome and huntsman cancer institute lights up their beacon of hope with zebra print on november 10th every year so you get a whole month or just one day does it just we all get cancer? the light one day but the awareness is all month oh so. it's also along with pancreatic cancer is november as well so they infringe on everything uh he, you have a tumor on your pancreas bro i think you should just 
Roll with so it. there's a battle going on. Yeah, right? you, you yeah. other cancer people yeah. are stealing my damn thunder. Exactly. Right? I am. I am rare. Give I am a jewel. Life. Yes. Yeah. You people are just you boring cancers. Right. Oh, you run of the mill. Oh no, I'm just. Kidding. The same thing, right? They give you at every. It's like, hey, when you hear hoofs, right? You think horses. Nope. Zebras. Zebras. Yep. So. And that's actually exactly why it's a zebra ribbon. So. Mm. Okay. Dr. They, they try everything else and they're like, wait, what? Oh, neuroendocrine. So. Yep. Okay. So I just, I, and then of course, within a week from that moment, we had all kinds of boxes from Amazon showing up with anything zebra print you could imagine. And it's been zebra stuff ever since. So we did a 5K that month. Only because he's such a smart ass that <laughs> he kept saying he's been joking for a long time because of his small throat hole that he wishes he had a 5K and a ribbon and then he ends up with cancer. And I'm like, well, now you're going to get the 5K too, bud. So oh, I was not aware of this 5K. We surprised him with a 5K. Uh, okay. And it was actually incredible because I think, um, I mean, we joked about it, of course, because there's only sarcasm in this house, but um, no one knows what to do for you when they find out this information no one knows what to say no one knows and you don't know what to you don't know what to tell them no either no um it does suck to be on this side of things because once you're finally in these shoes you kind of know like you know what you should say and what you shouldn't say and what you can do um and what you shouldn't do there's a lot of things i think you just don't see it until you can actually empathize and i hope i hope people don't ever have to empathize that's, you know, but there is something kind of cool about it. Beautiful, if you can say, to be able to, when I'm talking to someone and they don't even know me or know my story and we'll start talking and then they'll say something. I'll be like, oh, what have you been through? You know, and then you, it, there's just things that you pick up on. And I don't know if it's an energy or if it's just verbiage, but you just kind of pick up and go, oh my gosh, this person's been through something very similar. And I actually have met so many incredible people that are just everybody everybody wants to help and we, we all just want to help each other get through it you know and cheer each other on so it's been kind of cool to build a community around it in a way but that 5k we had friends show up that we hadn't seen probably for over a decade mm-hmm. and we had i mean if, i can't remember exactly but i think we had over 300 people the saturday after thanksgiving i threw this thing together in about 72 hours with some of my best friends and they all showed up and blew up balloons and made balloon arches and we did banners and all kinds of stuff. And we had this 5K under 72 hours at 300 people show up at Lehigh High School. They let us use their track and we just showed up to support Matt. So your stock price went up yeah. that day. And I'm pretty smart, obviously. You can tell by talking to me, right? But my brother-in-law calls me. He's like, hey, my dad needs your help. We got to move this desk. Like, who in the hell asked their cancer patient friend, hey, can you come help me move? It's like, dude. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm not the strongest anymore, but I'll go help, you know. So we go, and then I'm like, where the heck are we going? We pull up to the high school. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's my buddy Jason's truck, you know. And I'm like, wait, that's who? I'm like, that's weird. What's going on? I'm like, oh. And then there are tons of people in the football field, right? I'm like, wait, are they having a game today? I'm like, I don't want to go watch some crappy high school football game, right? And so we pull up. I'm like, I know most all these people. I'm like, that's so weird. Why are they all still? Didn't 
and then finally I see the banners. I'm like, oh wait, this this is, is for me. This is for me. So, yeah. so in a normal circumstance, yeah. something wrong to say would be like, hey, can you help me move furniture? <laughs> That's probably not. Yeah. Much, but in this case, it yeah. was a cover. It was a cover. Yeah. Yeah. I know I could trust my dad and my brother to get him out of the house, get him in the backseat of their truck, and get him where he needed to be on time. So. It was actually, it was incredible. And we did have, what What did that one sign say? It says, it's hard to swallow cancer with such a small throat hole. I think that's pretty great. <laughs> so we definitely played off of all of his <laughs> jokes. But I mean, if that tells you anything though, like he's talking like he has this big ego and he's definitely cocky. He has that. He's got some swagger. However, he pulled up and saw how many friends and family and never once thought it was going to be for him. Confident, but not cocky. That's different. Yep. Or do, you, just, or do you want to stick I'm with just cocky? That dumb, yeah. No, oh, I, I was just like, so. I just think that says yeah. a lot about him, like yeah. humility, maybe. So I think he's just, he's got a lot of people who love and care about him, and it was cool. It was really cool. We don't know how much impact we have. We have way more impact than we realize. I agree. And this obviously oh, man. showed that because yes. I, I don't know who I touch. I mean, you think you have this small circle of friends, right. but. I, I know we had it, and not this isn't morbid, but it's just a reality. We had a kid in our ward twelve years ago who accidentally overdosed, oh. and his dad at the funeral said, "My son said he had no friends, mm. but there's eight hundred people in this room." Yeah. So he had an impact. You, we have an impact. Right. We just sure. don't. We don't no, realize. You have, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yep. You know, like absolutely like right. like the whole the uh, it's a wonderful life. Right. Remember the movie where he. He finds out what it would have been like had he not been there. Yeah. Right. Yep. I think that's real. We don't yep. know the impact we have. We don't. And he. <clears throat> so don't be an asshole. That is. Ooh, I mean, that's, is that tough? Yeah. The stretch. That's, yeah. It's a stretch. I get a little bit. <laughs> Do you of see a how pass. white he just went? Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he he will. Celeste he, is so nice that I get a pass because she's like, well, <laughs> she puts up with him, so we like her. We'll support him. That's not true. So. That's, Fair so, enough. Fair enough. So anyway, I mean that you know we went through all that his whole first month. Um, the treatment actually that we started on that most. Um, oh, that's kind of what I was going to get into was, um, you know, you have your stages with cancer, but with Matt's type of cancer, you also have grades. So Matt is stage four, grade one, which means his cancer is slow growing. They think he had it for years before it even metastasized to his liver. Once it finally hit the liver is when your liver is just an incredible organ and it just regenerates. And it, they think the reason it got so big is because it just kept getting infected with more tumors. So it just grew at this rapid rate and now suddenly he's got this pain to in his side function so um there were a couple of our, of other um warning signs that we probably wouldn't have thought much of until after we saw like some things some of the symptoms are the night sweats was one of them right i think like a drastic change in body can i just say it bowel movements i'll just say you it. can say anything you want I want you to be as real as possible. Okay. Honest. I'm like, <laughs> just, just things that are like, that were warning signs. But I mean, he, for the longest time would have like the worst night sweats. And it was like, then after we started looking at things that were like actual like triggers for, it. oh, and the cough, that was the other thing. He had this oh, dry yeah. cough. Kettle so cough. yeah, he kept calling it kettle cough and he started getting it actually during COVID. So it was January, 2020. He had that little, and it just was this little cough. And then covid hits and even like some of our friends and stuff are like he needs to make sure he's getting tested because mm -hmm. 
what if he's got like long haulers COVID? We literally for the longest time just thought it was like a COVID symptom because he couldn't. And it was just like this, <laughs> like this little dry baby cough, right? Kennel cough. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he did it for so long that it was just like he didn't notice it. But it was because his liver was so huge and smushing his right lung that he'd do certain things and it would cause him to do little coughs. Mm. And you you don't think much of something like that, you know? And so I'm like, that if we would have thought about that, maybe? But I don't know. I beat myself up for probably about a year about things I should have paid attention to. And okay for about but two which years you never know right like yeah I how said, you know I mean, you, yeah. it's new and it's easy to look back and bust your own chops for I what do. you should have done but you didn't know i do and i'm a specimen right i mean i still mountain bike the <laughs> crap out of it i was so he was pushing you, would, you wouldn't know right? right he was he was very active yes and so so anyway we end up with his grade one is really slow some people get the grade two or grade three Usually that's treated with a chemo treatment of some sort, so it's a little more aggressive. It's definitely faster growing, and those people have a little bit less of a good prognosis. But in our situation, the doctor said, you know, I'm not even going to give you a prognosis because this right now is treatable, and it's what you make it. You know, that was in December 2021, and Dr. Lewis was like, yeah, we're we're we kind of keep using the word cruise control. Like we're going to do this. We're just going to kind of get through this. And then if something pops up, we'll handle that. And so in a way, Matt would always say he had it easier than a diabetic because he'd go in once a month and get a shot. And as we'd alternate right cheek, left cheek. Right. And in his what? His, shot where? His, his butt. Buttocks. <laughs> his buttocks. The and the buttocks. Yes. The buttocks. Yes. <laughs> but he, um, he just has to get this shot it's called lenreotide and we just get that once a month it's supposed to stop the stop their tumors from growing and basically kind of like this is where you're at like how you feel right now basically you're chronically ill for the rest of your life but you've got stage four cancer and you get a shot once a month and you've got a few decades that's literally the news we got when was that april it was april 2022 huh? april 2022 was k You've got a few decades, and I literally would leave that office going, okay. Like, that was after a few months of the treatment and then yeah. the scan and right, and it hadn't grown hardly at all, so we thought Things we were, were going in. really good. Yeah. Yep, and... Um, then we got the lovely ascites. Yeah, so... Which, if you've never had, is super fun. And what is that? <laughs> it's fluid buildup in your abdomen, so, like, your liver is supposed to sponge it, but spine was like a brick so it doesn't sponge so it just pulls in your abdomen so we would get drained like five to six liters of fluid every five or six days that's liters liters that so you were like a keg yeah. oh yeah they should put a tap in it, it. Would. That, so that's exactly what they did they trying just, to golf and that thing swishing you're still golf you're still golfing i trying to. was at that point i yeah, like, I'll just yeah. golf through this, damn it. Yeah. Yep. But then, like I said, it got more painful and and just getting those drain right. And then just with all the... And you know, how often? Every twice a week for a while. Then it depended. got to be where we could do it almost once a week is all. But then we were getting up to like eight liters. 
I mean, so you know, so I think about two liter, yeah. two liter bottle. There's four of those four. in your in my your body's abdomen. producing that much liquid. Like, try carrying yeah. that through the grocery store. That's hard, right? Like if you're carrying four. Where's two all liters, that? Where's all the fluid coming from? I mean, what are you drinking? And that's just what. Yeah. So your body, because you're urinating it out, sweating, doing, and I'm just not getting rid of it. So you just like just, a balloon. Yeah. So his, you've got and a vein so. that goes through your liver, liver called the portal vein, and the pressure from all the tumors and all the stuff in his body was kind of restricting that. So instead of your your nutrients and all that stuff going up through your portal vein and then to your heart and your brain and then out through through your um, your pee feces and mm-hmm. pee pees. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're really his, high. We're, we're really like yeah, we're, we're high level. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I'm almost a doctor. So yeah, pee pee poo poo. We say those things. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, his fluid instead of going through the portal vein and like through all the next steps was just yeah soaking out into his system and i mean he he would say that he felt like he was nine months pregnant and his belly almost looked like like it was just it's so crazy because he's obviously a tall thin slender man and then seeing him walking around with this big belly like it's more than just having a beer gut you know what i mean it was just just Maybe you could have snuck. You could have snuck in some beer right and there, he, right? And he could, when he would move, he could actually feel it sloshing. Like it no was just, way, really? Oh, yeah. And so it just puts all that pressure on all the other organs and trying to find room, right? Yeah. To you, eight so you just, did you just feel like stuffed and cramped? Was it affecting your breathing? Yeah. Um, a little bit. I guess. I mean, to a point. At that point, I wasn't as active anyway, right? So. I didn't need to breathe this hard, you know. Like I couldn't jog or like any jostling was just, you Even know, going up and down eight the liters. Insane, isn't it? That's a two liter bottle. Yeah, right. That's a. There's no where. Where does it oh, go? Man. Yeah, where does it right. go? Yes, and exactly. it gets like I said, edema, right? So you'd have yeah. big fat ankles or Cankles. calves or yeah. you know this. Mine always stayed lower. I guess some people can get it in other places so they would i mean we'd go in they'd stick a catheter in um they do an ultrasound radiologist comes in sticks in a catheter and they hook it up to these little like um liter one one liter liter bottles and then it literally would just like suction it out of him like it would just and it would just it was like a constant like crazy yeah Yeah, how long did that process take about 30 minutes i'm a pretty fast drainer a lot of people are (laughs) slower but I like to get in and get done. <laughs> get so, her done. I got stuff to yeah. do. <laughs> if he would get over five, if he would get over five liters, we'd have to do um, what they call albumin. It's an albumin drip. Um, we had Conrad and Callie because there are nutrients in there too. So then you're losing other right. So another protein, right? They're trying to they're pulling all this stuff out of you. They're trying to replace some of the proteins with the albumin drip. But I mean, he would have relief. But I mean, imagine. I can kind of imagine it, like, after having a baby. It took, takes how long for your body to kind of start your organs getting back to where they're supposed to be? I don't and, know. I haven't know? had a baby, so I'm, I'm not really – I can't speak to that. it weekly. It's, <laughs> you, it's funner than you think. So yeah. you can now say, you women, right. your whiny yes. pregnancy it's, pains, yeah. pff, like whatever. I'm sick of hearing I will about never it. Yeah. childbirth over his head after what this man has been through ever, <laughs> yeah. ever, ever. Yeah, that's not even the Except most painful like every thing other I've Sunday. ever had. That's definitely not the most painful part of this process it's either. Not, no. oh. I um, hope we get to talk about that too. Oh, I hope we don't. <laughs> it's your story. Yeah, We'll go <laughs> down that road if you want. I'm trying to remember which part you're talking about. There's a lot of parts. The 10-minute exploratory <laughs> mission. Oh, we stint? should get to that part. <laughs> Do we need a part two of this? <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he, 
so we went through the ascites thing we were dealing mm-hmm. with that that was that started in june of 2022 it was like the end of may june june 6th like with his, was his first what's that they call it a paracentesis where they go in drain the fluid if you get if you have fluid that goes above your abdomen is kind of in your like your lung cavity um that's called a thoracentesis so some people are more familiar with that one too um he's had a couple of those too because some fluid made its way up there but um it's interesting so he's dealing with a lot of pain from that and he was still kind of trying to be active trying to kind of get through it i remember you tried to golf like a month after your first one i was golfing during them because remember i had so i I swear we did April or May was the when we started getting trained. Because I did a few weeks of league before, and then I kind of slowly, and then right. July 4th was like the last. So we went to Mesquite for July 4th. Um, we do that every year, and um, he went golfing with some friends that day. He made it through the whole round. Oh, man. He, he just, he was in a lot of pain. So this is the problem, is he starts getting ascites. We were referred to a gastroenterologist because of i guess placements and all that stuff i guess that's what they handle the most so we start seeing a gastro um he gets put on diuretics you know to try to help keep fluid down see if that'll help so he's on a heavy dose of diuretics he's trying to live his normal life and he is not a huge fan of narcotics and things like that because i mean you can't live your normal life on an oxy you know so he's taking ibuprofen because it's enough to take the edge off because um, I can't do Tylenol because of your liver. It's hard on your liver, right? So I went either from ibuprofen, which I was luckily able, or straight to oxy or morphine. So that's a whole different level. Yeah, yeah say so. That's a big jump. So we start. So, so he's basically like medicating himself with just ibuprofen. Just taking my vitamin IB. He called it vitamin IB. Yes, vitamin IB. Vitamin IB. Um. However, that mixed with diuretics, which we were never aware of, I probably should have Googled, but usually you count on doctors to tell you, hey, be careful. If you take this with this, this could be really bad. Um, and maybe it's the one percenter. I don't or know. Right. It might not be a normal occurrence for things like this. Maybe some people can get through it. The combination of the ibuprofen and the heavy dose of diuretics shut down his kidneys. He went into full renal failure. It kind of was a little bit of a slower process. I couldn't tell if he just wasn't feeling good because, I mean, his poor body is going through all these paracentesis and just the cancer itself. Like, you kind of don't know if this is, like, the natural progression of things. But now, in retrospect, again, where I start beating myself up is I should have tried to ask more questions and just try harder. I don't know. Anyway. Nothing um, you can do. I, I wish I had a button that was like the, you know, the smack. Yeah. The you're beating yourself up. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> Get one of those big yeah. boxing gloves. <laughs> I think yeah. I have sound effects here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm. Um, he's Plus taking ibuprofen. force a grown man to go anywhere. No, he's very hard. He's very stubborn. Heavy. So I was trying to, I mean, we would go in for fluids because like maybe he's, dr- he seemed dehydrated because diuretics are going to dehydrate you anyway he was thirsty and nothing could satiate his thirst so we would go to his oncologists and get um iv fluids a couple times a week and there was even a point one weekend where i was like something is wrong nothing like you're not he was he seemed totally out of it he was really 
I, I would go in and check on him and he'd be like, I'm fine. I just need to rest. I'm like, you haven't eaten for like 24 hours. Like you need to eat this, drink this, like do something. And he'd be like, I just need to rest. I just need to rest. And that was on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which day I ended up waking up and was like, we went to one of those like hydration places that are just kind of Dive-y. like prime IV. I- yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. IV bars. Yeah, yeah. IV bars. Yeah. And got some fluids and, um, didn't make a difference. So the next morning when we woke up and he just seemed out of it, like just, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, so I took him to his oncologist. I'm like, we need fluids. Can you guys check him out? Like something's wrong. Like this is after our first, well, you did American hospital, Park hospital for a little bit and they told you, you had maybe some kind of infection and we messed Heart with some popes. things. <laughs> yeah. They told you maybe you just needed to, you were constipated or something yeah. sent us home. It's really amazing how much in a situation like this you actually have to advocate for yourself. And look at a doctor, like someone who should know better than you because in most cases they do. And look at them and say, this isn't right. This is my body. Try harder. I know know that sounds horrible, but I just... Well, they do know. They absolutely do. Some just don't think outside the box, right? They know, oh, this symptom seems this symptom, right? And so they're going off of exactly what's written there um so so we did have a couple of emergency room stays and then one turned into for attention right he's loves the attention um but there was that one monday it was august of last year 2022 um when i took him to his oncologist and Dr. Wallentine's nurse, Karina, is fantastic. Like, she just, she's kind of one of those that, like, tells me, like, if you feel something in your gut, just say it, and we'll figure it out, you know? And I just said, something's wrong. She's like, we're running labs. So they run labs, and something in their lab lab thing, like, failed. Like, they had something, like, stop working or whatever. So then we were there for a while, and she's like, we'll just do another thing, of I, another IV fluid, whatever. She goes, we got it. Well, he's not leaving until he does labs. So anyway, they finally got the lab laboratory to work. I think they ended up calling someone from downstairs and it was a mess, but um, they ran labs and I'm sitting there in the chemo room at this oncologist and I'm looking at all these patients that are in these chemo chairs getting these treatments and I know some of them probably have worse prognosis than Matt ever was given and he was the sickest one there. It was, you could just see, like people were looking at me like, oh my gosh, he's not going to make it. You know, like I could feel that weight. Um, Karina came out of her office, walked up to me and she said, she has this paper in her hand. She hands it to me and she said, you're going straight across the street to Utah Valley Hospital. And I said, okay. She said, who's your nephrologist? He's like, I don't even know what that is. What's a nephrologist? And she was like, sounds offensive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, wait. Yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> I have yeah. all the other ologists. What else yeah. do I need? Um, she I said, a collection. Yeah. She said a kidney doctor. And I was like, she's like, who's Matt's kidney specialist? I'm like, he doesn't have one. And yeah. she's like, didn't know I had to have one. Yeah. Well, she okay. almost, she almost seemed kind of surprised. She said, okay. She said, I need you to walk into the emergency room, hand them this paper. And she circled the number. She said, point to this number and they're going to admit you immediately. Something's wrong with his kidneys. And I was like, wait. Whoa, whoa, kidneys were fine. Like, why why kidneys? Kidneys were fine. Like, two months ago, everything was checking out. Kidneys were perfect. What happened? Like, why, yeah, why, why kidneys? Why did you break six? Mm-hmm. Matt, what, what did you do to break those? Know, right? so I'm like, could it be the ascites? Could it be, like, I'm like, what, what is it that's, why? Um, 
So, so we did. didn't even let me finish my fluids. Nope. They left. They actually left the IV in. She said they're going to be hooking him up to some stuff. She's like, so she was right. We went straight to Utah Valley, ran in. They did admit him immediately. Um, they actually, because he was so sick, they brought in like the x-ray machines and all the things into his room and we're doing things in there where normally they like wheel you off and go do a CT, whatever. They were bringing stuff in and like doing stuff right there in the room. It just felt kind of like a whirlwind. Um, and we were probably in the emergency room for about an hour, hour and a half. And the nurse, one of the nurses came to me. She said, okay, we're setting a room upstairs for him. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're for sure staying the night. Like I, at this point, I'm still not like grasping, you know, what's happening. And they took us upstairs and the ICU team at Utah Valley Hospital, they're phenomenal. I don't even, if there's a better word than phenomenal, they're it. They're mm. incredible. Um, they wheeled his bed up and as they're coming down the hall, it was like, almost like a, a, a it's probably the wrong terminology cause you're in the ICU, but it was like a welcoming committee are standing in the hallway and we walk in and one of the people comes up and grabs me and says, come with me and takes me in the room and shows me to the couch and just says, we just want you to sit here for a minute. It's going to take us a few minutes to get him set up. Like they just keep you so calm it's a pit crew, wasn't it? It was amazing. A total pit crew. Yes, they were incredible. Um, they bring you in, and I sat back and just watched. Like, it was almost like one of those movies where everything's like in a blur, and there are these lights flashing around everywhere, these people just running around, hooking things up, whatever, and they get them all settled and then kind of, like, walk out. And a couple of them stayed in the room, and the one nurse was like, do you understand why you're in here? And I was like nope like emergency just kicked us out and now we're in literally the worst possible place you can be in in a hospital so what's happening and she said he's in renal failure his kidneys are failing like there's no way to sugarcoat this <laughs> i can't remember i was just there. Out of i was just there laying in the I bed know. sorry <laughs> first I... five days or a little bit um they call it hepatic encephalopathy where the basically the fluid instead of going where it should and flushing out is now not only getting stuck here, but it's traveling up to his brain and it's causing confusion is what they call it. The fluid goes to your brain and you're out of it. You're basically nuts. Like you don't know what's going around around you. Is that you. a big stretch? I mean, yeah. from how you normally are? Yes. Yeah. With Sharp this, as it's <laughs> yeah. No. He's very, <laughs> yeah, very, just, <laughs> I mean, he was saying things that we were like, what? And asking for foods and drinks that he's, not usually even partial to like he doesn't drink soda and he was asking for mountain dew and um mountain dew is a nectar of the gods it yeah. is actually pretty good we had one nurse that was oh my gosh his name was david he was incredible he um we were trying to get matt to eat or drink anything basically at that point because they kept telling me if he doesn't eat he's gonna die if he doesn't eat he's gonna die if he the doesn't eat, he's gonna die yeah and Matt would oh. not eat or drink anything. And we kept trying to give him protein shakes, which apparently are the most vile. Oh, we forced you. Because we're force feeding yes, me. We every... I'm sorry. Did we save your life? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so ungrateful. But You're it's right. just so funny because at one point David said, what do you want, Matt? And he just looks him square in the face and he goes, Mountain Dew. And me and my daughters bust up laughing because we're like, what you don't drink mountain dew because we're laughing and david's looking at us like well can he have it I'm like 
Yeah, I don't know if I've ever, in the 25 years I've been with him, mm. heard him ask for a Mountain Dew. Well, that's similar to the pregnancy cravings, right? right. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's all coming for exactly. Renal circle. failure cravings. Yes. It, just was, it was cute. And David actually hunted down, because we were also trying to keep him off caffeine. So that's fun. We were. We were in Provo, yes. You weren't allowed to have caffeine. Um, it's hard to find caffeine in Provo. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were in the right city, at least, for maybe yeah. finding caffeine-free Diet Coke. David found a... Diet Mountain Dew <laughs> without caffeine, yeah, exactly. which he was, he it's did disgusting. exactly that. So maybe you weren't out of it. Um, but the cutest thing ever yeah, was, is he clocked out of his shift and these ICU nurses are, I mean, Matt, you said it perfectly. Pit crew. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a perfect They're, analogy. It is perfect, isn't it? Yeah. They are, are like a precision. Oh, they had, so yeah. They Everyone are a well-oiled machine and, and they yeah. all have this camaraderie. Like they are absolutely a team. Um, no one bumps into each other. It's like well orchestrated, choreographed. It's insane. Yeah. They but knew exactly. David left for his shift, and about an hour and a half later, came back with a case of caffeine free. A whole case. Uh, or after it was a couple shift bottles. On his own time. Like, we're going to yeah. get this guy hooked or Is something. Is that not amazing? Right. Yeah. I just thought, like, he didn't owe us anything more than the time he had already spent with us. And he went home, probably said hi to his wife, and then. Went on the search mm. for caffeine-free Mountain Dew for Matt. I thought that was mm. incredible. So we've had some really cool stories come out of all of it. But, yeah, you don't remember any of that. I remember some, yeah. I was uh, pretty out of it, yeah. but still hilarious. You, he was very funny. He had a lot of doctors rolling with some of the things he said. He See, that means it's just in me. I, I, I. Well, the thing is, is so he's still being sarcastic and he's still acting like that. So I think... I assumed he was still kind of there, you know, because he would say things and I'd be like, okay, that's normal. But then other things, I mean, he was talking about the people that were digging the hole in the dirt and they were trying to find the box. And I'm like, I don't know what dirt and what hole and what box, what are we talking about? Like it just, he was saying so many random and me and Bridget would kind of like ask him random, random questions because we were like, is he with us or is he out of it? Like, what is his deal? It just so, it was so strange. Anyway, I don't know if you want me to go into a lot more stuff. I know we're taking a lot of your time, but. Um, That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to tell the ICU story. I said, well, you got to at least get to Freestone. I will. Out of the box thinking. So, so. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I don't upset things, but I, I think it's important to share this part. Upset what things? What do you mean? Um. There were people involved in this journey that were very frustrating. Um, and I don't like to focus on the negative stuff. Just don't say names. I won't say names. Um, Bob from this unit Yes, said, so-and-so. So we're in the ICU. They get him admitted. This is Monday. Get him settled. And doctors always do the rounds in the morning. I've never been in an ICU in my life, so I did not know, know what to expect. Little backstory to this. With the ascites. Oh, this is where the gastros come in. With the ascites, there's a new procedure they can do that is called, I feel like this is important because I feel like this could save somebody's life. It's called the TIPS procedure. I can't remember what TIPS stands for. T-I-P-S, where they can basically put like a stent or a shunt or whatever it is that helps basically bypass your liver. I was totally in the depths of this last year, but um, anyway, it's basically a shortcut to get the fluid to drain instead of having to worry about getting a catheter every week and getting drained. This procedure, they can go in, bypass it so that you are basically peeing it out or whatever. 
that procedure was brought up to us kind of in the beginning of his society's journey. And this is where those Facebook groups came in handy. I started asking questions because not every neuroendocrine patient ends up with ascites and all the stuff Matt's going through. Mm -hmm. Some of them have. I connected with five different people in these groups that had all been through something similar with their own husbands where they developed the ascites. They were getting themselves drained. They were um, suggested to try the TIPS procedure, which they did. And none of those people survived. Well, it's they kind were, of an end of life, you know. They it's were all like, widows. Hey, we'll make you comfortable for the last ditch effort, right? It's not something that's a prolonged remedy, right? And some so, people are candidates for it because who if they was have, the American Fork Doctor. Oh, he was awesome, Doctor Owens. Um, we met him in American Fork. Allegedly. Hospital. Don't say names. Oh, sorry. Just kidding. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, yeah. we have a good experience with him. But, we love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, when Matt was in American Fork Hospital in July, he had told him, because we had told him, hey, someone suggested we try this TIPS procedure. What do you know about it? And he said, I would not let my own brother get that procedure. I would not let anyone I love get that procedure. And we thought, mm. okay. What about that, somebody you hate? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Maybe he didn't so know Matt say, long she's enough. She's like, hey, could we? <laughs> yeah. Like, Come here, let's go talk in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised how many times I, I think, got brought up. Uh, I <laughs> think with him kind of saying that, like, because I felt very uncomfortable about it when it was suggested to us. I was like, I just don't feel like that sounds right. I want to know more about it. Because a lot of the people who are getting that procedure are having the problems with ascites because they have cirrhosis of the liver, which is caused by a few other things, but usually alcohol, alcohol. right? So these people are getting that to kind of help them get through that. And some of these people are still liver transplant mm -hmm. candidates. I'm like, Matt, you're not. You have a liver encased in tumor. We don't get the transplant. That's not ever, that's never been an option on the table because if he did get a new liver, it would just get reinfected. That's, we get asked that actually a lot of the time. Well, why didn't he just get a transplant? That's why. So I kind of started looking into the tips thing. I started talking to real life people who had actually experienced it, ended up connecting with a couple of different women who had all lost their husbands and they all blame this procedure. So I told Matt, I'm like, that is not even like, if it'll give you another 18 months and we're staring down that tunnel, fine. But I'm like, this is not something you were golfing two months ago. Yeah. Why would we even consider something that could take you off this planet like that's that is not an option and then um you know we're in this hospital and these the icu they're all incredible i i would never want to talk horribly about any of them they're all very talented and um you know have the, the, you have the hospitalist doctor who comes in and tells you you know this is what's going on here's his chart this is what we're seeing here's his labs um you have the icu doctor that's separate i believe that comes in and says more stuff um, we had a gastro come in and he said, you know, this is what's going on. Your husband has ascites. He goes, what I recommend we do immediately is this procedure. It's called TIPS. I said, I'm familiar. We're not interested. And he said, oh, I don't think you heard me right. I'm like, okay, tell me, why do you think this is a great idea? And he proceeded to tell me what it does. And I said, I... I already know. I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I know that you're going to, you're going to do this. And I used at the time could actually spout out literally how the procedure was mm -hmm. done, what organs it affected, what veins it affected, what things it did. And, um, I used his own verbiage that he could understand. I said, this is what you're telling me we need to do. And he said, Oh, so you do understand. And I said, 
I understand what the procedure is. He's not a good candidate. And he said, I don't think you're hearing me. I said, I don't think you're hearing me. He's not a procedure. He's not a good candidate for this procedure. If you do that to my husband, he will die. I'm not. It, he goes, well, you need to know what's on the table. I said, okay, absolutely. It can be on the table. Do not offer it again. And he kind of stepped forward. I felt like he was just, you know, that whole where you talk about doctors playing God and trying to. Peacock. I, he's yeah. peacocking. I That's understand. He absolutely knows more than me. What he doesn't understand is I know him. I know Matt's body more than him. And I clearly at that moment realized I know neuroendocrine cancer better than him. I don't think he's even heard of it, to be honest. So he, he told me, he said, I think this is the route we need to go. And I said, well, unless you have something more creative, there's the door. I mean, he had like three or four people from his team standing there with him. I'll fight to the death for this man. And I knew what I was being offered was wrong and he wasn't even gonna try to offer anything different. I also knew at that moment that our problem wasn't gastro. It wasn't even his liver, it was his kidneys. We're in there because of his kidneys. Where's the nephrologist? Bring me a nephrologist. Um, I didn't say that, I wasn't that sassy, but um, that doctor turned and started walking out and I know he never came back. He actually kept sending his PA, which was actually fabulous. He was incredible. Um, but that doctor left and in walks Dr. Freestone. And Dr. Freestone is my knight in shining armor. He's our hero. I don't know if I scared him at first because he witnessed the entire interaction with me kicking out the other doctor, who is mm. also, I'm sure, a very fantastic doctor. He's like, all right, yeah. yeah. Who's up next? He's yeah. Like, oh boy, here she is. <laughs> but he came in and he said, you know, hi, I'm Dr. Freestone. I'm with nephrology. And I was like, oh, I need you. Okay let's do some work, right? Like this is the guy that's going to get stuff done. So he at first thought that Matt had, I think he called it hepatorenal syndrome because of his confusion going on in his head from the fluid, whatever. Um, his kidneys are completely failing. Dr. Freestone was kind enough to ask about Matt's cancer. Okay. Tell me a little bit about this. And he actually was humble enough to say, I, don't I know think what this is. he says. I think I may have heard of it. I can't say that I've actually heard of it, and I don't know if I've ever met anyone with it. So tell me what you know, right? So for about three days, when Dr. Freestone would come in, we would kind of powwow about what's going on. But he was like, you know, we're probably gonna have to talk di dialysis, and we're gonna need to talk about what we can do to just prolong his life. And he kept asking me. I need to know his prognosis because I think everyone in that ICU is seeing a man who's literally wasting away. At this point, he had probably lost, God, 50, 60 pounds at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, in a matter of two or three weeks. Yes. That the end of July, I was crazy. like 205. And that I think day, when we measured when I left, I was 134, I think. That's 70. That is. Yeah. So, I mean, they're That's watching. That's a small human. So, yeah. Right. And they're watching a man who literally went from 205 pounds at, on July 27th to August, whatever, 8th. And now he's 70 pounds. I think they're seeing a dead man, right? I'm not realizing at the time that, that that's what they're seeing. But they're all walking in saying, how much time does he really have left? Tell us about this cancer. We see that he's, they were using the word advanced, advanced stage four you know, but I'm 
all the words that I'm hearing from Dr. Lewis are echoing in my mind. We have decades. We were just told two months ago, we have decades. What's happening? Somebody's missing something. Finally, this went from a Monday to a Thursday morning. Well, they even... Um, Did it go? Um, I thought Freestone was faster than that. Was, I didn't think it was he days. Came in, he came in Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday morning is when things changed. So anyway, um, Wednesday, they told me they were going to try to do a feeding tube because he wasn't eating. He wasn't... I mean, he... I... Were you still out of it at this like little? Yeah, I say. I mean, I can remember some, but I most of the first five days are pretty foggy. He doesn't remember a lot of it. I'll, so. I will tell him about things, and he'll be like, "That happened," you know. I'll be like, "Yeah, that happened." Like, I, I, it's all so clear to me. This like trauma in my brain is so clear, and we're we're so we're standing in the room, and Gastro comes in to try to do the feeding tube, and Small he pulls me aside and says um if this feeding tube doesn't work you may want to have your affairs in order like that's i'm standing there with my two daughters you're like i don't even have a boyfriend how can yeah. I? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but now i have a dog yeah. so i mean <laughs> that changes things. how do you know about my affairs <laughs> yeah <laughs> so exactly. he said, you might want to get your stuff you know he's like this could be a good time for you to figure some things out right now like basically leave this room Get your crap together because you might be coming back to if, you know, if we can't do this funeral or funeral, if we can't do this feeding Ooh, tube. Funeral tube. tube. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Funeral. Uh, if we can't do this feeding tube. That's it. In their minds. Right. So, and I, I was like, okay. And the nurse says, takes about an hour. This procedure takes about an hour. We'll call you when um, the doctors are all out of the room. It usually takes about 15 minutes after we call you for him to come out of anesthesia. So... We'll call you in about an hour. So me and my girls walk hand in hand down to the cafeteria. And in my brain, like all of my insurance companies and attorneys and who do I need to call with Matt's work and whatever, like, what do I need to figure out right now? Right? Like they just handed me the worst possible news if this doesn't work. And so we go down to the cafeteria and I kind of get settled with the girls and thinking, okay, I got an hour. And they called me 15 minutes into it. And the nurse said, it's over. You can come back to the room. And I was like, wait, it's only been 15 minutes. And she said, it didn't work. Okay, cool. So now I'm walking back to this room thinking I'm about to tell my girls our time with dad is limited. Like it's terrifying. No one should ever, ever have to do that. And we get back up to the room and they told me he had what they call varices, which are bulging veins, basically. Like you're You are an overachiever. Right? Right? Sorry, you yeah. so ridiculous. Um, you're just like half Where they go in and they band <laughs> these <laughs> they band the varices. So they, they put like a little rubber band, like they suck it up into this little tube, put a band around it, basically, and just kinda let that little thing like die off. I almost picture it like a skin tag. I know that's super gross, but like you know, like yeah. in this, so he's got all these varices. Like if they would have shoved a feeding tube in there and like burst one of those, he would have bled to death. There's no choice to do a feeding tube. So, um, so I basically that morning, um, the hospitalist doctor came in again and just said, I hope you can hear us. If he doesn't eat, he's going to die. And how do you force someone who's basically unconscious, you know, like, what do you feel like, honey, today? I don't know. (laughs) You're, I'm I'm hoping we're going to hear how you did that. So anyway, I'll get to that. So, um, 
we spent all like I called his brother and his brother's wife and they came and helped me shove Roxbury smoothies down his throat and um did you get that on video <laughs> shoving rocks we might no. have some kind of video yeah. my daughter took lots of snapchat I would need a lawsuit against it's Kim. pretty funny she got him <laughs> saying swear words he normally doesn't say all kinds of stuff anyway Perfect um time. <laughs> so so anyway thursday morning same rounds doctors come in do their rounds basically tell me if he doesn't eat he's gonna die nephrology comes in dr freestone comes in and says okay so today we need to start dialysis like we don't have a choice we're gonna start him in about two hours um people are gonna come in start hooking him up getting you know tubes and veins rolling and whatever and he said but something's not adding up everything you're telling me isn't what i'm seeing on paper you're telling me his prognosis was decades, and I'm not seeing that. I mean, he was being kind enough to not say, I see a dead man, and you're telling me he was fine two months ago. I'm not seeing. It's not adding up. Did they and so Dr. touch base with the, the other physician who gave you the prognosis? This is the what's good- amazing. And Dr. Freestone said, okay, I'm going to go call Dr. Wallentine. I said, please call Dr. Wallentine. He's amazing. He, he's the hematologist oncologist. I said, I need you to leave this room and call Dr. Lewis. He has the same kind of cancer as Matt. And I had been telling people all week, please call Dr. Lewis. Call Dr. Lewis. Call Dr. Lewis. Call Dr. Lewis. What do you know? You're just the wife. Yes. Did, did you get, That's how I felt sometimes. Felt? I, not, well, I don't certain like, doctors, I like I said, we like had a pretty good. Me, they all yeah. were pretty great. But I do think at some point they're kind of like, yeah, but, you know, I do think they were all, I seriously could kiss every single one of them on the face. They are amazing. Um, Thank you. I thought you were going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not today. <laughs> but, um. Mm. Anyway, so Dr. Freestone, he just, so he said, okay, I gave him Lewis's number and I actually had called Dr. Lewis's office a day or two before that and said, I know Matt wasn't a candidate for this other treatment because things were going really well. Things have gotten significantly worse this week. Can somebody talk to Dr. Lewis, see if we're, we'll get into that, the PRRT treatment, which is a radiation therapy for his cancer. Um, So I just said, I kind of, they kind of knew we were in it. I don't know that I really told them how deep we were into it, to be honest. I probably should have called their office a lot more than I did. But um, Dr. Freestone said, I'm going to step out. I'm going to go call Dr. Lewis while I'm gone. I need you to get a urine sample from your husband, and I need you to hide it in this room. I don't want anyone touching it but my own hands. I want to take this sample to my own desk with my own microscope and look at it with my own two eyes. Do not let anyone touch that sample. Great. I can do that. Um, I couldn't make him eat, but I could make him pee. So, mm. um, All right. Let's, let's stop there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so like squeezing a toothpaste No, tube, he actually I mean, just oh. would do I it. always had to. Yeah. Just I on command. Oh, you had to yeah. go. No, you had to go do the, yeah. He could get up. Was... He could act because with, with all this, he still would get up and go into the bathroom. Okay. And we had like one of those urinal things where they would like measure his output. So we were still getting that. Like he was still moving around and stuff. That's why I kind of thought he was more with us than he was. But anyway. Um, Maybe I was faking. Freestone comes back, gets the sample, and had talked to Lewis and was like, okay, I'm going to go see what this is about. So Freestone leaves with the sample, and he came back maybe 30 minutes later. And it was like, I mean, and I, this is another – I. I love that none of them beat around the bush. He just walked straight in and said, you're right. Something else was up. We've had this wrong. It's not this. It's actually this. And he's like, he's got an ibuprofen injury. 
It's like her Grey's Anatomy moment. Hold on, wait. It was incredible. <laughs> Comes in like a movie star. He really did. Well, and he just, he didn't, he just came in and said, wait. Stop. Wait. No. Stop. And literally, like, from that point on, they started changing things. Like, the tubes they were going to start putting in for dialysis weren't happening. Like, all this stuff starts getting pulled and nothing starts, like, all the things we were prepping for suddenly just get sucked out of the room. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, I think he's going to make a full recovery, but we need to change some things right now. And I was like, like I've been trying to tell uh, you about um, this. Brian, mm-hmm. I hit my knees. I had bruises on my knees for how hard I fell to the ground. Like it was one of those, oh, I am even like, I'm losing my breath right now. <sighs> I'm being heard. Mm-hmm. And you. And he heard me all week. He just couldn't piece it together. Like this lady couldn't possibly be right, right? Like he looks like he's dying. He can't possibly mm-hmm. be not dying. Like we got to put him on dialysis and just keep him a dad for a little bit longer. Like. I think that's what everybody thought. But then when he came in and said, no, 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 it's not this syndrome. He's got an ibuprofen injury. He's got hepatic encephalopathy because of that. Like he's just going through all this stuff. He goes, his vessels to his kidneys are completely fried because they've been shriveling up with the diuretics and the ibuprofen. They're not a good combo. We should not be mixing those. Mm-hmm. And within, I mean, less than 24 hours, Matt was in the regular hospital recovering because of one doctor that actually looked at me and heard me you know i know i'm sure there's more people in there that are like thought outside the box right right? he definitely he didn't try to play god he actually looked at me and thought okay he was a student do you know what i mean like humble enough to still learn he actually did tell me i think it was freestone that told me I actually had to Google your husband's cancer. Mm, one yeah. of them, one of them told me. I think it yeah, might have been free. I, free so. I actually had to Google your husband's cancer just to find some case studies about what's going on here. Like it's so rare and so different. And a lot of the ICU nurses also did that. They actually would come in and sit with me and say, "Hey, Carissa from Monday told me that about this situation. Like, tell me what you know. Like, I want to learn from you. Like, that is." Those are the medical professionals you want on your side. They're they're humble enough to learn. They oh, know. Yeah. So you can say, I don't play a doctor on TV. Damn it, I did it in real life. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We joke about that. And then it's funny because, I mean, he recovered that whole next week. Um, it was, I mean, you've seen my social media. It was definitely hard to get to where we're at right now. It was not an easy climb. Well, um, I saw those pictures and video, and I saw. Oh man! I saw what that a dead man. Yeah, I was like, wow. I don't think that, away, but... I don't think I realized until honestly. I mean, because he came home in the middle of August. Doctor Lewis actually was had bumped Matt to the top of the list to get the PRRT treatment. So he started that on September sixth last year, and I think that that has been the thing that has changed the trajectory for a lot of things. I think having Doctor Lewis. Um, Dr. Freestone, um, Dr. Wallentine, we've got an incredible team there that helped his kidneys recover. Matt, when he met Dr. Freestone, uh, in September, was it? So we, he hadn't, cause the whole next week in the hospital, there was a different, um, nephrologist. He was also awesome. But the next month, Matt meets Dr. Freestone for the first time. And he's like, you know, hi, he's like. I'm Dr. Freestone, you know, and he's like, I know you probably don't remember me. And Matt's like, I don't know. He thought I would. Oh, he thought he would. Like, oh, we met? Matt's like, I don't (laughs) think we And I'm like, this man was in the trenches with you in Uh, your ICU room with me multiple mm, times, you know? So, I mean, he's, 
I was treating him like family right out oh, of the sad. gate because he bought Just next to save me. Him. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm was, like, wait, what? We've met? So we walk out and I was like, yeah, I don't remember him at all. I'm like, oh my gosh. He's, yeah. I'm like, well, he's my hero. So mm-hmm. um, Then it took him like three or four appointments later. And then he's like, hey, I don't want to tell you at the time, but it's like at one point, you were the sickest person in that hospital. He's like, you were like hours from... It's like, you know, oh, like okay. you overachiever, yeah. you're going to do it, do it. Right? right? I'm like, don't, hours. Don't like, half come on. I could have done half one hour. I could have done minutes. So, I mean, it's just, it it's was, incredible. That's impressive. I mean, that, it's mm-hmm. just, this is the mind Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I said. I just, but how many people don't have that advocate, right? Like, yeah. if you don't have her sitting there, you, you know, yeah, for that long. a passive, quiet little mouse of a person. Or like I said, my brother, he was there, like, it was his 50th birthday. He was, I'm, he I couldn't get rid of that guy. He was there every, <laughs> his wife, trying to force feed me these stupid protein shakes. My and brother and his wife kept trying to bring anything. I still don't like that. to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did it, and it we saved have, me, but I was like, oh. We have oh. an awesome army. We so, have an awesome army of people. For we're, sure. We're very fortunate. Um, I think... I think it was a team effort for sure. Oh, yeah. But I, I do say. think... I think I was there 10 days. Kurt and Kim were probably there eight. <laughs> you were probably there. Okay, you were 10 days. 10, yeah. 10 days. Um, yeah. My cousin and her wife came down, and they were rubbing Matt's feet. And he doesn't... He actually doesn't remember this. Sorry, Thurgood. He doesn't remember you rubbing his feet. But mm. she was showing me how to, like, help move the edema from his ankles back up to his legs. And just... it's It's incredible the people who step into the trenches with you and you finally see like speaking of pregnancy cravings feet are like the grossest thing in the world right like i mean like look at my own feet my socks all the time like if i could wear socks in the shower i probably would right and (laughs) having my feet then rubbed now now i'm like oh this is so but i'm like this is and i I couldn't still couldn't touch anyone else's i don't really i don't really want to touch my own but it's so nice when and like so I guess her cousin touched him. My aunt, like I said, the or not aunt Kim, too, Kim did. did Julie, did. <laughs> I was like, so many people now have touched my feet. And I did. <laughs> it's I, a just, pregnancy I want to cramp. throw this yeah. out there though, that because they came on Tuesday night when we were in the ICU, and Ash and Ash came back. They're both named Ashley. They both come back into the room with me, and she goes, "Does Matt know I'm going to be doing this?" And I was like, "She goes, I want his consent because I know how he feels about." It. I was like, Matt. Thurgood's gonna massage your feet. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah. So we all heard him give consent to have his feet touched. So do you feel a little violated? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like. Are you sure I said what? Or did oh. you did you say, hey, do you want a drink? And also this. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take a drink. <laughs> um, that was. I relive a lot of those moments a lot. I try to face them, you know, like try to deal with it and try to like face some of the stuff that scares me. Like he, if he starts coughing right now, even if it's just like, if he, like a drink goes down the wrong pipe, right. And he has a little cough. I'm like, oh, is he okay? Like I just, it's, I have a lot of really strange reactions. Well, you've to been really close. Yeah. Mm, sounds like many times. During well, and this I, process. I don't feel like I realized what was happening until even a few months after, like we got him into that treatment so fast. And I think... I think if somebody were to ask me if I'm fight or flight, I think we can clearly see what I am. I am fight 100% and just like, I think it was finally maybe 
two or three months after I finally kind of, and it might've been with Freestone when he said, you realize you were the sickest person in the mm-hmm. hospital. And it kind of hit me. I'm like, he almost died. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's still here is a freaking miracle. He almost died. And that's. Sounds like more than once mm-hmm. you were close, yeah. right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's well, I try once yeah. when you can right. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, I think, I think first off, I think that we are an awesome team. We've had each other's back in every situation. We've just, we've got a really great, we're best friends and we're married. There's a lot of. How long have you guys been married? Do you want to answer that? 20 years. Oh, good job. 20 years. Uh, you were testing him, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. But Weird. I almost said it, so I think I gave yeah. it away. Uh-huh. Um, his last treatment was actually on our 20th anniversary in the hospital. I made sure everybody knew that day, so I told everybody. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years is a big deal. A big and there deal. was a point last year where I was like, is he going to make it to Christmas? And then he made it past Christmas, and then I was like, is he going to make it to our anniversary? And he did, you know, like, at, there was at a point where it was like, it's morbid, right? if we can just get to the next, <laughs> you know, what's next, what's next, what's next, if we can just get to whatever's next. And here we are, still next. <laughs> so. I just, I don't, I... I wasn't, I think his mindset about it all, um, there's been a few times where he's, he's said, there's a reason why it's happening to him and not to me, because he can handle it. Yeah. Well, you can, like, like, you just, can handle the physical challenge. He can handle oh, yeah. the physical challenge and mentally he's got it. Like, I think he knows with me, I'm a little too, maybe get too wrapped up in the so I say, I have, to, of it, right? I have to warn her, hey, put your mask on first, right? You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of me. So I forgot we, that we coined that a lot. <laughs> but, that's a great analogy. But like I said, it really right? is. And I mean, I'm just. I don't think there's a lot of people like him, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I it's... think he's very. And my, my mom. Not a worrier, not a stressor, right? So I'm going to get no, through it. Which, I'm going to make it. I I'm gonna... firmly believe that. Because of your, if you would have had a, a different attitude, oh, you may be gone. For well, sure. I'm a worrier, so I think that's why he's like, yeah, you're... You would have killed mm-hmm. yourself by worrying. By worrying, yeah. You would have had to watch. I might yeah. actually still be killing myself by worrying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. But um, my, my cute mom, from the second he was diagnosed, she called me one day and she goes, I know what's going to happen. She's like, this is happening to him because he's strong enough and he can pioneer the way to help others. She goes, I believe it to my core. Matt's going to make people better. Mm-hmm. Matt's experience is going to heal other people. He's strong enough to get through all of it. And she she tells me, she's like, I'll, I'll pray for it. She goes, I just feel it. I feel this warm, comforting. Matt is going to help solve this for these patients. He's going to teach somebody something that's going to help someone else Mm -hmm. and i already feel like we've kind of already started that trajectory the success poster child yeah i say i don't (laughs) know about that (laughs) not a poster child but yeah i say i mean it is coming a long way though too right just with treatments and this and that and the like said the treatment that i had right and now prostate cancer right prostate are using it now 
have a lot more money other, other, and a lot other more notoriety. Are, are using and the so stuff now that they're, they yeah, so they're injecting their fundage to this treatment, so it's helping out more people, right? And so because this treatment wasn't even like I, I don't remember when it became. It was like well, 2017, 2018. We talked to Lewis in time. April, right? And he was like, yeah, I wouldn't suggest, you know, he's like, there can be side effects, there can be this. And from April to September, September when I started, it's like, it went leaps and bounds, right? And he's like, oh yeah, now I for sure would recommend that, you know, and, and it's just growing every day, right? And they've been using day, right? trials the trials working. I think, I think you guys should ask for royalties. Right? <laughs> it's like, come on, is yeah. it commission right? here? Just it. having me around is royalty, right? That's <laughs> that's the benefit. I, I agree. Fair I point, agree. fair point. I can't, just... I can't disagree with that. I want you here. Mm. I want you here. I just, I think if I were to tell anyone that started this, just after talking with other patients oh, yeah. in the last few years, like we met Ryan, right? And he was talking about how he was di- misdiagnosed for like a year and a half by even some of the same doctors that have been involved in Matt's life. Mm-hmm. They did biopsies and didn't tell him he had neuroendocrine cancer. They told him he had... Not my oncologist. No, but... but they had. They went in surgically first, like, explore, right? Hey, well, it's fine, you know, and and just like said, I think guys that... Oh, I'm a doctor. I can fix everything, right? And not like, hey, I specify this, you know, or I specialize in this. This guy specializes, right? Because it takes a team, right? Every one of them knows something, and yeah. So that's where we've been lucky. It's just we have an awesome team. Every one of our, none of them are. Oh, I know everything, right? They all want to learn. They all have the team concept and humility versus there. Well, and I just think if you're a medical professional, being an endless student, things are going to change. You know, things are going to change. And there's a be jokingly it's called medical practice yeah. for a reason because they're pursuing absolutely yeah. well and i think i think freestone was an absolute poster child for that like he came in and i think i mean i don't want to put words in his mouth but i think he knew that by asking me questions he was also going to learn something but also know a better way to help my husband like he wasn't he wasn't in there to do the textbook stuff and be like okay derpy derp let's go now we're going to do dialysis whatever he literally was like this just isn't making sense. Something's not adding up. Who can I talk to? You know, that was incredible to me. And just the nurses that would come in and sit with me, I'd sit up all night long and talk to these amazing ICU nurses that would just, they wanted to learn because what else is going to come across? They, the ICU is where you see the weird stuff. That's when crap hits the fan and they need to know new things. And what if this helps someone else? Like one of them, was very curious about why I, she was in the room and she was very curious why I shut down that gastro so fast. I was like, well, because of this. And I was telling her the actual case study with some lady that I was talking to that was like, do not let them touch your husband with this procedure. Like, and I knew she was dealing with grief and whatever, but I wanted the nuts and bolts of it. Like, okay, why didn't it work for your husband? Why doesn't it work for these patients? And we started asking questions. One of my best friends, Katie Marsing, she told me Um, She was a good sounding board for me, especially right in the beginning of all this. And I called her and she said, you absolutely have to advocate for yourself. If they don't call you back fast enough, if they don't get you the appointment you want, if they don't give you the tests you want, she's like, you find a way and find a reason. You have to advocate for yourself. If you have to get up in these doctors' faces and tell them what you want and what you need, you do it. You don't have to make a best friend. Because they get in 
it's all they do. That's their oh, world. Yeah. Complacency. Right. So yeah. it's right. not. I don't think. And you understand to. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your emergency is your emergency, and yeah. you know they've got to treat and it he's, as such. He is my only one. Yeah. Oh yeah. This well, is this is it. Hey, that's the differences of we had a recommendation before we met our gastro right, and it's on just a sheet of paper right. Oh yeah, do this tips procedure. It's like whoa, we just went from zero to a hundred right it's like no let's not but to all the rest of them right we are people you know dr valentine's on vacation and calls hey how did your scan go with i'm like what you're on vacation man yeah be on vacation you know i'm fine i'm yeah. you know but they truly care right yeah. and right. it's just it's crazy and i love how much and i i mean there's a thing i said that you don't have to make best friends with these doctors but i they are absolutely family now like they're they are a part of our team for i mean this cancer is at the moment and just treatable right there's no cure so they're absolutely a part of our life until they don't want to be you know like that's just or they retire hopefully they retire one day (laughs) i don't know i it's been we've been through the gates of hell and back it's been pretty crazy but and like I said, you've met Celeste, right? So she's so nice to them, they have to be nice to me. She gives them blankets and stuff and <laughs> pins. and Like, you would not believe. I'm Seriously, creating a fan I don't know if I've... Every doctor we've given a blanket to has never received a gift. Like For what they do. Is that oh, yeah. not so sad? Like, it was just like a little minky with a zebra you ribbon. Know. We did a little zebra and ribbon embroidery. Seriously, like, they'll all still wear the pins. They all... Like she got them charcuterie boards, edible arrangements, all these different. They're going and above it and goes beyond. A long way. I think gratitude well, goes a long way. Well, you're, it, it, it's people are like. Well, it's their job. It's what they do. I know. I remember we sent just a thank you card to baby doctor. What do you call? Yeah, it? we did that. What do you call uh, pediatrician. Doctor? Pediatrician. Yeah, yeah. That that give that birthed that caught my son when he came out yeah. Yeah. he didn't do shit <laughs> yeah really. but, oh, the, but we sent him a, we sent him a card yeah. and my wife's and my wife's families were like why are you doing that that's their job because I mean, it's nice and yeah you probably don't get thanked a lot that was a big deal that was yeah, a big day it's yeah. crazy to see just the and so they're like oh this guy again but they're like his wife was really nice. Let's. They think we're let's both be nice. nice to I think them, you can right? see we've got a good little riff we can so, kind of do. I think we're somewhat entertaining sometimes when we're there too. So we like to break up their day with the mm. monotony of mm. poor pity me patients and no. bring some sarcasm into the room. You have to. You have to with with stuff. You have to with stuff. If I was going through anything, I tell people all the time, I will. I will. If I ever go through something, I will broadcast it on my show. There's a guy in my five houses from me that's, that's going. Through, he's got terminal cancer mm-hmm. that's in like three different places, and oh they've given him like a year. He's uh-huh. my age, and I wanted him so desperately. I said, "Would you come on my show and just tell me basically what you guys are doing? Yeah. Just give me an, like every every couple of weeks or a month. Give me an update. What do you feel? What? Tell me what you're thinking. What are you going through? I mean, you're looking at the end possibly, but he's had such a great attitude. Yeah." And he said, I'd love to talk about it, but I don't want to record it. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> man, that would be so good for so like many people. I just feel like there's so many nuggets. And I get it. You know, that's his story, and I don't want to yeah, push absolutely. that. absolutely. I, I might nag him again about it, but. You do realize to, the odds of you having this happen if it were just you and I? 
are about <laughs> well, I zero. I wouldn't know. And Celeste <laughs> is why we're <laughs> yeah. So I, just, so I get it. One well, of when, us. I meet people all the time. The lady the other day came up and hugged me. Oh, so good to see you. You're looking so good. I'm like creeper. Who are you? Yeah. And but she <laughs> follows Celeste on Facebook, and then she, you know, I'm like. We've never met, like. So you're in her. For shadow. one, I'm not. We're, a, well, we were at a golf oh, yeah. tournament too, of all things. So you think it's going to be his contact, and she's hugging him. I'm so glad you're doing good. And he was like, "Yeah, thanks." You know, and he's very nice and polite. And then she like walks away, and then he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "I don't. We're in. Like, this is your work. Like, these are people you should know." So we're like walking, and then all of a sudden, I look over. I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, hey, how are you doing?" She's like, "Hi." And I'm like, "She's like, I was just telling your husband he looks so good." I'm like, "This is funny," but yeah. I. Weirdo. The thing is, is Brian, yeah. I haven't seen you for how many years, right? But I mean, we comment ten, on things. It's been, ten, it's at been least a while. Ten years or longer since. since. But yeah. I mean, stories can bring us together, and there might be something that will pop up in your future in the next year where you might have a friend that says, "Oh my gosh, I've got this ascites or whatever, and it does this, mm. whatever." Then you can be like, "Hey, I know there was something that was really scary about this. Let me call." Sl-. Like, there's things to learn from each other, and I think. I think all these specialists know their craft and they know what will work and they know, but I also don't think we're cookie cutter people. I think we all have our own stories. We all have our own bodies. We all have our things that we're going through. And that's what I kept telling everyone in that ICU is I know you see on paper what to do. I know his body. I know this man. He was golfing two months ago and was told he had decades. I'm picturing grandbabies with this man. I'm not picturing burying him. So fix this. Yeah, at least come bring your expertise and my expertise. Let's come together. Let me see share what I know because you're smarter than me. In this area, but yes. I know this. But let me share with you the experiences of others that I've also heard. If those people wouldn't have been so vulnerable and saying they were in real pain, they went through the worst part of it. They lost their husbands. If they hadn't told me, I might have lost mine too. You know, there's just there. You gotta, you gotta talk. You gotta share stuff. And <laughs> as much mm-hmm. as he doesn't love it, there's just mm-hmm. he he was keeping it on the DL for a while. But then I threw him a 5K, and then suddenly everyone he ever worked with or ever knew knew he had cancer. So mm-hmm. it was baptism by fire. Just Way threw him right in there. Mouth, I know. Now I'm Matt, the great golfer. I'm Matt, the patient who happens to be a halfway decent golfer now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just, oh. I don't know. I just hope that what we've been through can help someone. If it, it just helped one person, just yeah. be more comfortable. Or I'm sure this helped way more than one person already. Oh yeah. You, I mean, like just I've been oh, following it from afar. Other, right. Like I said, she's had I don't know how many people reach out to her and like, hey, what is you know? And she's like, hey, I would do this, ask that. Have they done you know? And and I make sure they we know. even had the lady, one of the nurses in the ICU kind of left halfway through her shift sick because her friend had died from my cancer less than a year ago and we were talking right at this point it was when i was and we realized it was ibuprofen not and i'm like oh well, were they doing the lanreotide she's like no they, like, he didn't have i'm like who the who was your specialist like what what were they doing and she i think they just upset. did nothing and she's like it could be because I Joe, like, I don't want to minimize it for anybody else. For anybody else, it's serious cancer, right? 
for me, it's barely cancer, right? Like I get shot in the butt every 28 days and there's so many jokes right there, right? And so it's, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's something you just live, you know, and, and we've heard, and maybe, you know, they say a whole bunch of other words, but all I heard was you're more likely to die with it than from it. And they used to find it, right? No, I can't remember the word Usually, now. Passively, like they, you would die, and then they would find out. Oh, you had this, right? Because it doesn't manifest unless it goes to your liver and makes something. It's you like can't sort of feel heat. your pancreas, right? right? So you don't know what's there. You don't know, and so until it metastasizes, so people have died from it. And then when they're doing, then they're like, "Oh, hey, they had it, right?" This person had cancer, and so it was easier, you know. And but like I said, this girl hadn't had i'm like where's the awareness like how how do you have someone die of it and not even know or do any of the treatments i did not do any of the medicines not do she had come into our room and and would ask questions you sure this is like he has neuroendocrine tumors like this is like she was kind of like so caught off guard that matt is starting to rebound and survive and she just lost her friend to this cancer. So she was trying to like make sense of that. And I, it was hard for her to say there. Yeah. She ended so up. She was sick halfway through, sick. right? But you could just tell she's like, we even so as bad. bad of shape as I was in, she could see how easy it had been for me to up until then, or uh, as easy as I make it look. Right. But so she was just like, how, like, why, why does it work this way? And so, like I said, just awareness, right? And that's where Lewis is pioneering and just trying. I mean, he does almost more speaking engagements now than he does patients, right? Because getting the word out, getting the notoriety and, and Suarez, right? It's Suarez just, is it's crazy too. how. Yep. Like I said, we're pretty, we're very pretty lucky. dang fortunate. Maybe they need to take you guys on the road with them. I know, right? <laughs> Here's my Definitely, specimen. Definitely <laughs> one of us. This is him. Just put a picture of me there. Uh, you well, when we, Lewis was speaking. Just throw a smart-ass comment in here right. and there, and I'll be like, I'm that. there. It's, yeah. it's necessary. We have like yeah. a support group every month. Um, Mer- Merlin Densley, well, we could go to the support group every month. Um, there's another patient here in Utah named Merlin Densley. Um nice guy him and his wife started a support group for net cancer patients and lewis was one of the speakers in september i think it was and afterwards we went walking up to just say hi to him and he has this line of people that just want to shake his hand and talk to him you know because he's just this he's amazing and when we walked up he literally like looked past everybody else and looked at matt and was like oh my gosh it's the casey's and look at you he was just like because matt's you know, you've seen the pictures, but he's, <laughs> he's just, you are a specimen. He's, right. he's getting back up to that 190 right. range. We're yeah. getting there without cheating. Yeah. Like he's not like putting water bottles in his pockets or anything. Mm. So I, it's, uh, if I didn't know the story looking at you, I would. Oh yeah. Just, he looks right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm a little intimidated. Are you crushing Ryan? <laughs> Man crush. If I were to change teams, yeah. I, I, would, I would consider. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it's but. crazy. But then, but then there was the other side of it last year when people would walk up and be like, "How's Matt?" Oh yeah, you see pictures from a year ago, right? And you're like, "Oh my gosh!" You I looked, looked like death like warmed a over. Skeleton. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I am basically Dobie with. Oh, stop it. Harry Potter. 
<laughs> it's the only Harry Potter reference he'll ever make, but he says he looked like Dobby or Pratt, Dobby, whatever. Pregnant, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> like skin and bones, but with nine months pregnant. No, yes. you. I still thought you were very handsome. <laughs> Past tense. She said, "Past tense." I like. I like Halloween. I like skeletons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think if there is anything else that would be helpful about our experience. I just. I'm an open book, right, Doctor? And like I said, if you don't hear or like the first Doctor you have, right? We lucked into absolutely lucked in, right? But like I said, you're in a good state for it or like i said if it's you know i mean there's even people that have reached out to me from like vegas like you'd think there'd be like top doctors in like phoenix and vegas and all these places which i think there might be but like people are like i don't even know like my oncologist is telling me to do this and this and this and i'm like okay but is it a net specialist well i don't know i'm like and i'll even like hop online and google people and like help these people figure out okay this person isn't and i make sure they know i'm like i'm I'm absolutely not a doctor. I've been through some things with my husband. So let me share my experience and maybe ask these four or five questions when you meet with a new doctor, you know, like you'll want to know if they know about these things. But so, I mean, if there's somebody that's going through it, I think that's why I don't, I'm not sure how they're finding me, to be honest. Have you done like put together like PDFs or something of some of the questions that they could ask or, or checklists or something. Maybe you could do documents like that and put them on a website that people That's actually a good idea. Pull them down. I've kind of done that with like in the beginning when he was first diagnosed, I kind of did that because I wanted to, when there's an awareness month and it directly affects your family, you know, and Be a little more aware when something. Oh, absolutely. You. So, <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of things I've learned even about childhood cancers in September. I try to share things about childhood cancers because th- that gets incredibly diverse and scary and so i try to like understand the differences and the things that we should be sharing and yeah when it comes to november like i created like these little zebra cards that i was going to share on instagram that was like why the zebra and why what are some warning signs and whatever but i i honestly think some of the warning signs with neuroendocrine are also some of the same warning signs with actual cancers other cancers, not actual cancers. That sounded wrong. But um, not this pretend, you know, not this pretend fake (laughs) cancer. It it truly amazes me how many people on these, on these support sites literally have that story. When I tell people that it went one month to diagnosis, it makes people's jaw drop because no one leads with neuroendocrine. None of these oncologists, other places do. Honestly, I think we're in the right perfect storm here, you know, but I've had two other people from Utah that have reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, I was misdiagnosed for this long. One of them ended up having multiple surgeries and all this crazy exploratory stuff for a couple of years. And then finally had an oncologist, a hematologist oncologist, I think say, okay, we need to take this chunk out of your liver or this, like we need to do this and that and like operated. And then after that, he saw a neuroendocrine specialist, like, there's, it's crazy to me how fortunate we were to find the right people at the right time. Who were willing to not follow yeah. typical Well, I mean, we were looking protocols. for lymphoma, yeah. right? Or pancreatic cancer. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, no. And that oncologist was humble enough to say, I can help you, but let's add to our team, you know? And I hadn't thought of it till just now. Huh? It's taken me two years, but we could probably get Fuji pretty rich, right? If we would lend him out, it's like if you think it's just something small, 
Or if it's work, go golf with my buddy Fuji. If he beats you, see your doctor. So he's like, so he. It's like in the yeah. Fuji, yeah, is the cancer whisperer. Right. See, <laughs> if he beats you, there's definitely something wrong with you, right? Like that's. Oh my gosh. I hadn't thought we could make him rich. I'm sorry, Fuji. We owe you big time <laughs> for this crap. Wow, that's. Weird. I want to meet him now. He's fantastic. He that's is one of. He is, he is one of my most ever. favorite human beings on this planet. He is a fantastic human. Fantastic. Well, we could make him rich and also save a lot of lives. We probably could if they're <laughs> not golfers. necessarily in what that if order. They're not golfers. I don't know. I I don't know. So golf saved your life. No, Fuji did. Well, Fuji, yeah. but also the sport of golf. Yeah. I'll never complain if he gets a tea time and takes off to go. I just. Did you complain before? Not too much. Not as much. No. I mean, I was going with my dad who's retired, right? It's so you could mask about it. That yeah. or... Well, and it's just, you got to have yeah. your free time. You got to have your fun. Um, yeah. And he never complains if I want to go do something on my own. So. Not yet. Not yet. No, I mean, I, I welcome it. It's like, oh, you mean I have to sit around in the quiet for a while? Go ahead. Just, <laughs> <scared>. <laughs> just, just gonna punch you right off that chair. Oh my gosh! I we yeah right. I don't know. I I like that he has that, and I like, and now it's like pinch me. He's golfing again. So yeah, investments. How are you? You're two years into this now. Yes. Uh-huh. How do you like? How I was you? And you go in once a month for the sh- shot Every in the ass. Twenty eight days. Yep. 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 Not 29, not 27, 28, 28 days. days. And how do you feel? And we have to plan our vacation. Yeah. As you said, right now we're kind of in the cruise control ride. I've been able to put back on the weight. The strength is a lot harder than you think to get back, right? And so, but you notice small thing, right? When we moved into the house, I could barely lift boxes, right? And now... I'm able to do so much more and laying sod and doing that, you know, just small things you take for granted. Right. And that's yeah. been the big thing. And all, you know, you realize health is wealth, right? Like it doesn't matter what you have. If you don't have your health, it's, you can always work more, do this if you're health. But if you don't like, I, I mean, I've been health. in bed with my laptop, right. Just trying to, and it's crazy. The things that, you just can't do when you don't have the strength, don't have the, you know. I do love that he decided to buy a house when he couldn't lift boxes. And he started feeling better. Well, that's well, brilliant. You move. That's after brilliant, we, after right? we moved in, then he started feeling better. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I so quote, I'm just saying he might have milked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, can't lift these <laughs> heavy exactly. Let's call some real friends. Exactly. And you find out who your real friends are. We oh, also man. have we quite the troop there, so too. Many, yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to go ahead and take credit for those ones. Those yeah. ones were my real friends, for sure. insane <laughs> how many people that, we, you know, I couldn't. I would keep you here for several more hours if I even tried to name names of oh, the amount of people geez. who stepped up. We received... I mean, dinners and flowers and people would show up without asking permission and just start mowing our lawn or icing our driveway, shoveling the snow. I had... Oh, weeding. I just like to do I it. I like to weed, no, so nobody likes to weed. Lie. <laughs> yeah. But just Crazy like little things that. like that. Someone offered yeah. to like drive Lainey to and from her athletics and the um, gym owner, Steph, from her cheer gym and her sister they sent home this when matt was in the icu they sent home this giant basket like we had took two people to carry it with um 
like fruit snacks and little boxes of cereal and granola bars and all kinds of things that since I was going to be in the ICU with Matt, they were just grab and go snacks for my kids. Like they immediately stepped in and did that kind of stuff and were texting saying, hey, do you need wow. a right here? Like I Way can't even tell you. Honestly. And people <laughs> that we maybe hadn't even seen for a couple years that just literally showed up at our doorstep with like a gift card to the grocery store or like, hey, I'm running a Costco. What can I grab you? I mean, I don't know how many people, oh, yeah. my mom, Katie, to pick up stuff from the grocery store. Like it's just, they would just show up. And One of my questions, right? I get called every quarter, right? From uh, people that do my injections, right? Hey, have you, you know, how's it going? Are they doing this? Are they doing it right? Alternating cheeks. How's your this system are you able to get to your appointments alone how's your support system right and and i'm always like my support system is too good right we have so many people that just and i don't know that everyone can say that right but we just have so much you mentioned you know they've gone above and beyond but i don't know if they i think that's normal you know this culture i think it's normal that people people do people do want to that people want to like say you mentioned in the beginning People didn't know what to say. I didn't know what they asked for help. I didn't right. know what to tell them. These people oh. that people want to do that and they'll just do things. Yep. And, and yeah, that's what you tell we, them. Yep. Food? We food. Yeah. We we had to have her brother store freezer meals. Our freezer was full. Everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna bring you." We're like, "You're like, please, we dear appreciate God, don't. it." But don't we <laughs> I had have a friend make, so many? I had a friend make us a bunch of lasagnas and like enchiladas and stuff. And she oh, was actually going through her own battle with right. breast cancer. And she was like, "I have these freezer meals for you." And they were, oh my gosh, incredible, yeah. Susie. They were incredible. Um, Can- cancer food. Yeah. No, right. Well, but I just like I think I think you're right. I think people do want to just. They want to be useful. The There's a lot of good. They feel like they can't do anything. Oh, man. Like, dear, t- please tell me. What can I what do? What can I do? Well, and and that's I think, the best thing you can ask you I can think ask in people. the beginning, we didn't know what to tell people. But then when all of a sudden we were in the trenches and literally, Ryan, I couldn't keep my head above water. Like the only thing, like my company, I basically had to put myself on pause with my company and my friend Lindsay ran everything for me. I, like Lainey had rides to and from places if my other daughter couldn't, if Bridget couldn't take her places. It was, it was truly actually incredible. The amount of people just came out of the woodwork because I think we all live our normal lives. And then when you know somebody suddenly is sucked out of their normal life, you kind of know the regular things that need to happen. Like, like the shoveling the snow or the yeah. mowing the lawn or the, and that's the I'm like, I'm never, I hope we can be one pay that it would forward. ask for help. And so people just screw you. They just show up. <laughs> I never once invited Kim to that ICU, but she was there every day force feeding me, you know, she sat in and that my brother. And I don't know how many times I came to our house after. And every day. Bring dinners, bring the just hang out, right? And, and you probably never yelled, at, yelled at anyone for mowing your grass. No. Damn you. That's what I, I said. My nephew for... Before he went Months. on his mission, yeah. right? Every he would show up and just week. He we'd was be there. sitting. He I'd, was <laughs> I'd be like and working or something else, and I'd be like, "Is that the lawnmower? Is that our lawnmower?" And I'd go out, and he'd be like packing up the lawnmower, done, walking out to his car. I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Like, how did you? It's it's really incredible." And it's all you could do to try to sneak him money, right? Because he wouldn't accept, wouldn't <laughs> this? So we'd have to put it on his seat. We'd have to get creative, <laughs> right? Tell my brother, hey. 
what's Cadence Venmo? You know, our insurance, homeowner's insurance is like, hey, if you're having anyone work on your yard, we need to know their <laughs> Venmo and this and that. Just so. And he's like, nope, not going to work. Don't do You know, we you just can't. We like could I never said, thank everyone enough. So many people. Ever, like I said. And they weren't, they weren't doing it and for. They, and they know you're grateful. They, they weren't doing it for anything in return. I know that. And that's would, the beauty of it. I hope they would know we'd do the same I thing say, for them in return. We can hopefully, we can. Hopefully, we don't have to, but can at some point, right? right? You're like, because I don't, I, I don't want to pull you down. I don't, <laughs> I don't wish this on anyone, but if anyone needs any help, we are luckily now at a point where you know, where we can. And even then, I'm like, hey, we have the means right we're luckily fortunate enough to have good insurance i have a yeah. good job you know he took two like, weeks I off because he was the in the icu money <laughs> to pay you i just don't have the strength to mow it so you know let me and no they wouldn't and yeah it was yeah it's crazy it's been crazy yeah you realize humanity right like yeah. you see how bad it can be but we've I've experienced the opposite side of that and how good it can be. Yeah. I've always preached to my kids, you got to show up for people. Even if it's something as easy as like a a baby shower where you're like, oh, but I have 500 million things to do. You show up for people. Like you got to show up for people. The things that are important to people. Like I've made an appointment with my cute grandmas to make sure we show up on Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day with a treat or like Halloween. And, you know, like there's you got to show up for people. You know, they need to know they're important. And if you're feeling inconvenienced and whatever, that's probably when you you should probably do it the most, you know. Service is, one, never convenient. Right. And two, never convenient. It's just never convenient to your world. Yeah, Uh, it shouldn't be about convenience. And unfortunately, a lot of it still is. Um, But I, you got to show up for people. And so... And to be doing that they show up for me i was gonna say no. well and i don't know i don't know that i showed up for people mm. as strongly as i probably have since you've been through that but i do i have tried to make an emphasis at least with our kids too but i think especially since then yeah. it was cool to see the creativity i actually think one of the things i'd like to do a pdf of is things you could do if you feel like you're helpless and you don't know what to do things that made a difference you know what I mean? I have one friend, Melissa, that will text me once or twice a week. She'll just send me like a smiley face or a heart just to be like, hey, you popped in my mind thinking about you. Just something like that where you're just like, not alone. Somebody just thought about me and they're sending me a good vibe. Like that kind of stuff matters. So, and I think Matt's lived a life of that. And I think that's why he's, hmm. so, you would do anything for anyone. You're a good right. dude. People are nice to me because you're nice. Except move boxes. You can right. still say, you know, if you go through this oh, like I did. He's really good at delegating. <laughs> once you get enough attention, right? Like I did a lot of things to get attention. <laughs> Have you ever had like a frazzle? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So those, because I was on a fluid restriction for a while, right? And those things would be, so she was going every night and getting. Every and night? I knew the morning and afternoon and midnight crew at nice. Holiday Oil. No, I did. We started the day with a frazzle and ended so, the day with frazzle. But, yeah, so it was, I mean, that was, like, the best thing that would quench, you know. And so people heard about it, right, and my old work and all my friends and that. Last year, December 2nd, show up to my house with the slushy machine, the frat like A legitimate. Got a frazzle it's machine. Like a, five or six thousand dollar machine that everyone pitched in in. 
and I have, you know, we have in the garage going now and, and flavors and this, and it's just crazy to see what people, and then, like I said, I think more people don't, so they're like, they gave me a tin full of cash. Hey, this is for the syrups or try different flavors or try, I'm like people are, and like I said, I, I never had a heart really before, right? Kids kind of make you a little bit. But these Slanria Tide, I'm like a baby now, man. Like, I'm crying and can't believe that people are so nice and do, and it is nuts. And I'm like, I so don't know. So he's turned like your Grinchy Grinch. heart. Yeah. It really so did. I feel, yeah. I feel like, like we're geez. seeing a transition. Maybe we didn't know it who he was, was in a past life. The Grinch. The Slanria Tide. Yeah. So that's a side effect. Yeah, it's not a side effect. <laughs> it's definitely. <laughs> it warms your heart. It does. And I, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this this has been awesome. I am so glad to finally have you guys on to talk about this. Uh, I know we could probably go for another oh, two yeah. hours. Oh yeah, sorry. I know we've oh, gone yeah. for no, a long time. It's fine. No, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is why I'm here. Any final thoughts or maybe something I didn't ask that you want to touch on? I, again, I know we could probably go two more hours, but yeah. just kind of going back to the very beginning of when we were kind of trying to figure out if something was wrong, don't ignore the gut instincts in a way because we have such a cliche thing, but it really is. It's it's still true. It's so important. And if you feel like you have a weird thing and the doctor's like, Oh no, it's just fine. You just need to do this. Like, Sorcery. You got to advocate for you. You, you do, you, you and stand if up you for feel it's your like life, not theirs. Yes, mm-hmm. if you feel like something, like I don't want to create a lot of hypochondriacs with this, right? Um, I'm kind of that way where all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, my ear hurts. I probably have a tumor. Like there's, you know, oh nope, it's just a zit. Like you know, whatever. There's no, there's no way to find the balance in that. But I think with Matt when he first went to our sorceress. She was like, okay, so this is a little hard. Something feels kind of funny. She's like, I think you might, it was, she kind of suggested maybe it's constipation. Like if she did a couple of things to his abdomen, like with some of his, like loosening up some muscles and whatever. And she said, if you're not feeling better in like two to three weeks, I want you back here. He didn't go back for six months. Because it was summer and he was golfing, and I literally Way ignored go, that. Matt. But I'm but I, I kept said if, even my issue. even my own I'm self smelling. though. I was like, he really should go back because it didn't fix it. He still has that pain. So I wish I would have pushed a little bit harder for that. I, so I think if you have like an inkling, at least follow it, get your answers till you're at least comfortable with it. I don't think you should be afraid to talk to people. I think we're all on this planet. We're all here together. Like be a little bit vulnerable because what you might have to share could help someone else. So don't be selfish with your own information. Damn straight. That may have been passive aggressively directed towards him. Yeah. And I. Why would I have to tell anyone? You already tell everyone. Yeah. True. <laughs> also, yeah, advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't be f- afraid to tell someone who you think is smarter than you that they might need to just take a back seat. Like. And there's a way to do that, like you say. Tactfully. Look, I appreciate you being the expert in this. Um, however i don't need I want, you right now i, I need want this, this per- i want you to i would love for you to take this perspective like like president Hinckley like said I'm, years ago bring all the good you have and let's see if we can build on it uh-huh. yeah you bring yours that makes sense mind. why not what's the downside right. right more information is never a bad thing unless you're a smarty pants right mm, also right right so. also i think i would say if you know someone that's going through something like this Listening is probably more important 
even if there's nothing to hear. Be in somebody's space. And whether it's the patient or the caregiver or the kids or a family member, someone, like I think that I think it's okay to reach out and say, hey, I'm here if you need, because we all say that, right? I'm here if you need anything, anything at all. I'm here. Like, what can I do? I'm here. Um, Except for the things you ask for. Yeah. Right. That. But um, <laughs> I think it's important to just, I think it's okay to say, I'm not sure how to respond to you or what to tell you. One of the worst things I hate hearing is I couldn't even imagine what you're going through because that Makes tells seem- me. You don't have any clue how I feel and you couldn't even imagine, which I know that's, I have also said this comment and I still do, but it's, I think saying something like, this sucks. Yeah. And I don't know what you're going through. This sucks. And I don't know what you're going through. How can I help? But I'm here. It's probably the best thing to say. How can I help? This sucks. Yep. And if somebody says, you know what, there's not really anything you can, our people found a way to help when it was necessary. In the beginning, we didn't need it. You know, we just kind of needed cheerleaders to show up at a 5k, laugh with us, keep us, you know, send a happy meme or something, you know, but I think, I think when the time comes for you to step up, it'll, I'm, I don't want to have to step up for someone because that means they're going through something awful. But I know eventually at some point in some way, shape or form, I'll have the opportunity to pay it forward and I hope I don't ignore it and miss that opportunity because I don't think you will because you know I don't now. want you're to. extra sensitive to it now. And the thing is is I think until you're in these shoes you're not. So it's okay if you don't understand it. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I just think don't be afraid don't be afraid to ask what you can help with but also don't take it personally if you don't get asked for help. And there's 5 million crumble cookies. Sometimes sometimes crumble cookies solve things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or chip cookies or mm-hmm. cookies always solve cookies always solve always things bring, nobody ever got pissed off because somebody gave them cookies i've so. had people like drop off a coke zero on the porch and just leave hey there's a treat on the porch for you that's called mormon drug dealing oh yeah. it is isn't it is <laughs> that mm. how they get you yeah. sure well uh, gonna have to go for the harder stuff i guess yeah. then yeah. <laughs> i have had wine bottles dropped off too yeah. <laughs> just mix it in your uh Soda, yeah. whatever your soda, <laughs> what's the drug? So delicious. Yeah, yeah right? So delicious. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I would just say, let's bring humanity back to being human. You know, the yeah. good stuff. So I think we've seen plenty of it. The good stuff. Yep. We're lucky. Mm. All right, Matt, what about you? Final word? Yeah, say, I think said whatever, it all. Said more than said. I wanted to, yeah. Sorry. Let's check slash Facebook for updates. No, just <laughs> and we'll, I'll get all the, I'll get all your contact yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 I try to uh, obey. I, say, I try I'm to respect so some of your privacy. Lies. Sometimes privacy doesn't exist anymore. No. Let's be fair. If I feel like it's helpful, I share it. No. I no, don't. But like I said, I mean, I wouldn't be where we are without having an Her advocate, voice. right? For sure. Yeah. So. She hasn't missed an appointment. She hasn't heard the, you know, like she'll hear something in an appointment that I didn't, right? I'm glass half full always, right? Everything, you know, you can tell me, oh, yeah, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is halfway decent. This is bad. right? And I'm like, hey, okay, we're halfway decent, right? And she leaves and is like, wait, didn't you hear the part? Uh, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't mean that, but you know what I mean? So even if you don't, like I said, I mean... 
I'm happy to go with someone to an appointment, right? But if you are, like, don't try to go through it alone, right? Because you seriously yeah. And I, and I remember, like, he asked me about tips, and I was half lucid. I remember, okay, that's a hot button. Yeah, no, don't do that to me, right? And she's like, okay, I'm glad you said that, right? But, did ask Matt but you can't do it alone, right? So as yeah. tough as we all are or think that we, you know what I mean? Like I said, and I... And if you don't have a spouse and you don't have a mom or somebody that can go with you, call me. Or go get a spouse. I'll go with she a perfect is. stranger. I Everyone needs to have She's someone else to help. So. Yeah. Assertive. Assertive. I, is that what you call it? Yes. Yeah. That's what we've landed on. <laughs> determined? Raving ER witch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Raving determination. I don't think <laughs> most, I think most of his doctors actually do like me though. So I think we're okay. Yeah. yeah. Send so. a blanket, man. Like Send a blanket. Said, that goes along. You know what? Yes, appreciate so your appreciate so the people nice who take care of you. Yeah. The pre- I These so many of them are like, I've never received a single thing yeah. before. <laughs> and people probably think, oh, you're a doctor. You're making enough yeah. money. You can get your own damn blanket. It but I, I get. But it's the gesture. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter how much money thought, someone right? makes or like, what they do. Like, hit these doctors hard because they are hitting me with every scan you can think. I'm like, I already bought you a boat, man. Like, now <laughs> I got to fill that thing with gas? Like, what is happening? <laughs> you're, you're a doctor. You make good money. Like, why are we doing these unnecessary treatments? Fundraisers. Because they're not for unnecessary. Because <laughs> well, you're being dramatic. Like, they uh, call it pet Dota Tay or, <laughs> oh, yeah. or CT scan. <laughs> that's that's or, a go find yeah. me. Yeah. That's a different code. It's a biopsy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Have humor and pay it forward. No. There you go. Huh? Positive attitude, right? Yeah. Like so. No, I, I agree. I think it goes a long way. Yeah. And if it happened to you, it's because it only hits the strong, right? It wouldn't hit us if it, if we couldn't handle it, it wouldn't be us that hits it. So I, I do. I believe that. Like yeah. I said, I know enough people that are going through it and they're stronger than I am, right? And so if they can handle it and do it, so can I. It's like, that's a challenge. So, Throw down a challenge. Exactly. Yeah. And I know my role in it, too. I so, love that, too. We're a good team. For sure. Perfect. Oh, I love you. Should we go make out now? <laughs> well, let's not make it work. Well, now you just made this. Yeah. Not, so. not a family you can, show. You can edit that. Shall we go make out? <laughs> yeah. It's staying in. Yeah. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> I'm going to put notes on there. Theme, yeah. At two hours and 11 minutes. Yeah. Celeste says this it's inappropriate. Two hours. Yeah, it's I'm be so this. sorry. Yeah. Why are you sorry? That's so long. Why are you sorry? Five minutes. Blabbing on. Oh, it's no. good. Thank you guys so much. This is going to be awesome. And maybe there'll be a part two Stop. if you want. Okay. I'm sure when you leave, I'll have some cliff notes of what I could have said better. So, Perfect. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for listening to The Parish The Thought Show. We know you have many podcast options and appreciate that you have chosen us. If you love what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. If you hate what you hear, only tell us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from The Parish The Thought Show.